Uh-oh. What is up, Freaks? It's your boy, Marty Ben, here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Great rip with our good friend, Matt Odell. We had a special guest, Ty Kawamoto, who's still here. Yo, yo. You gonna help me with the ads? Ah, shit. What do, do you think? Of, what do I do? What do you think of Unchained Capital? They're the best. I'm a, I'm a client, so. I am too. You are. And what, what are you, what, what product of theirs do you use? Their loan product. I've used that one as well. It's great. Yeah, and you, everybody here is amazing. Friends don't let friends sell their Bitcoin. Exactly. And Unchained Capital helps you do that. They have their lending product, which we've both used. They have their vault product, which I've used. Have you used their vault product? I've not. I'm using it currently. It's a two or three multi-sig uh, account. You hold two keys. Well, I guess for the loan product, you kind of do have to use. You, that, right? loan. you don't yeah, have I mean, to. When your loan's done, you paid it off. You can always send the Bitcoin into a vault. Right. Very easy. They make it very seamless. Well, Caravan, like you have to secure it with that, right? Well, Caravans are open source implementation right, 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 right. of okay. the vault products. That's, they're beautiful people. They're right. open sourcing. Right. They're probably like, if you want to use it, you, can yeah. use, you don't even need them. You don't even need them. Oh my God. It's That's incredible. Great. I don't have an IRA because Bitcoin is my IRA. But they have an IRA product if you're somebody out there who wants to hold Bitcoin and IRA and hold your own keys. Doesn't uh, Jeff, uh, isn't he the guy? Yeah, he's the Jeff guy. Andrew, yeah. yeah. He's been on this podcast he's a few amazing. times. Yeah, he's, he's a great a guy. guy. Jersey guy. Yeah, yeah. Living in Florida now. Yeah. Sorry for doxing you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't look at us. Like, you sure you're not in Florida? <laughs> you're looking pretty tan. He's Jack too. Unchained only hires jacked people. Only. Yeah. Yeah. So, so The fitness exam. Yeah, there is. There is. You got to be jacked both physically and mentally, to work at this company. They're doing important things. A two or three multi-sig vault product, they have a white glove concierge service. They'll take you from zero to multi-sig if you really want to go there. You'll have the vault set up and they'll dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats and it's a package, you pay for it. If you tell them the TFTC send, you're going to get $50 off. What do you think of Parker's blog series? Is it good? It's uh, it's incredible. Like, no joke. It is it is. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a must read. And if you're going to send people articles, like just go through, uh, you know, everything in there and be like, okay, uh, I'm going to choose these and send them to people. Do you know where you can find them? Unchained.com. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Go there. Find all of this. Enjoy it. What do you think about brains? Are you using it? Brains? Well, no, I have a, <laughs> I have what's miners, so no, but uh, maybe in two weeks. Yeah, maybe in two weeks we'll all be using brains. <laughs> OS plus firmware, yeah, which helps you stack more sats with your hash. If you have an ASIC and you're not running brains, are you an idiot? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be an idiot. Uh -uh. Download brains. If you have an ASIC, that's compatible with it. Now, we're going to get a little filler here. I mean, what do you think about mining? Is home mining worth it? I'm looking for uh, what I'm actually supposed to be reading from the Brains team. They sent it to me a couple days ago. But do you like mining? Yeah. I mean, home mining, I mean, I'm not mining at home using, you know, <laughs> I'm not home mining. But I, I think it is worth it, um, especially if you are intending on uh, acquiring KYC free sats. There's really no better way. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. And yeah. what pool do you use? I use Slush Pool, of course. <sighs> Fucking... Did you guys know that Slush Pool is the oldest mining pool ever? It's the first one. They said, hey, we need to aggregate hash rate so that we can get payouts on a more consistent basis. That's this what they said? Yeah. Wow. And then they built something called Slush Pool. 
it's amazing. And, uh, you know, the team has always been on the right side of history when it comes to Bitcoin. So yeah, solid, solid team. Solid team. And guess what? They have a solid conference. I found what I'm supposed to read. Uh, BMC 22, 2022. It's hosted in the heart of Prague. Focus purely on Bitcoin mining. Purely on Bitcoin mining. No distractions. One day event is packed with panels and presentations. The motto is no marketing or sales noise, just pure Bitcoin mining signal. Elite partners include Block, Upstream Data, Galaxy Digital, Ty Kawamoto, Core Scientific, Riot Blockchain, Compass Mining, Atlas Mining, and Priority Power Management. Amazing. Keeping with the Bitcoin ethos of transparency and openness, the event will be live streamed for free on Bitcoin Magazine. That's pretty dope. Small, intimate events. It's a small, intimate event. Space is limited. There's only going to be 350 tickets. Act now. It is very scarce. More scarce than Bitcoin, some say. So join the waiting list on Brain's website or go to https colon backslash backslash btcminingconference.com. That's what I was getting wrong. It was btcminingconference.com. I was saying bitcoinminingconference.com. BTC mining conference. Did you have to say HTTPS colon <laughs> double slash? They they wrote it in the ad read. So yes, I uh, had to. Okay. okay. Just in case. I want to check every box. All right. It's very thorough. Brains. 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 Go to the conference. Download their firmware. They've got a cool metric site too. Insights.brains.com. You can check it out there. Last but not least... Because we, we we did the Bitcoin conference. If you're a Bitcoin conference team and you're like checking to make sure I read the ad, we did we did a mid-roll for you this <laughs> week. So go check it out. If you haven't bought a ticket yet, use the code TFTC. You'll get 10% off. Hoddle Hoddle. They're here to bring you a lending platform. We talked about on chains earlier. Hoddle Hoddle has one as well. They're out in uh in Riga, Latvia. And land.hoddlehoddle.com is another way. To get liquidity with Bitcoin, it's no KYC, no AML. You put your Bitcoin up as collateral in a two or three multi-sig escrow. You hold a key, your counterparty holds a key, Hoddle Hoddle holds another key. And then you put your Bitcoin in collateral, you get stablecoin liquidity. If you're a stablecoin person, you can go spend stablecoins. Uh, and, and since you have a key to that multi-sig escrow, you have visibility into that wall. You can make sure your stats are not being rehypothecated as long as you're paying back the loan. <coughs> Excuse me. On that, if you're paying back your payments on that loan. I can't even speak. I'm so fucking tired. You're going to get your stats back at the end. That's what I'm trying to say. If you're a stable coin guy or gal and you want yield on that stable coin, you can go to the other side of that marketplace, put it up, people put Bitcoin up as collateral and then they pay you back what you gave them plus interest. It's yield. Alta County Badger Conference supposed to be in Riga this year. It's happening. This war is going to be over. We're going to be in, in Latvia uh, later this year. You're going to be there? Yes. Awesome. I'm going to be there. I got to renew my passport. I had, I, I just get, when you, when you get here, yep. you get your Texas license. Mm-hmm. It's pretty inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. First you got to like schedule it months out. Uh, and then you go and then they take your, your current ID. Oh no. And they keep it for themselves. No. And then they give you a printed out piece of paper, your face on it and say, this is your temporary ID. That sounds, that sounds terrible. We're going to mail you something in two weeks and then two weeks comes by and it's still not here and you just have this piece of paper. So you said passport. I've been using my passport as my idea. I've been traveling a lot. Yeah. Wait, so you have, you don't have your driver's license? No, I have a piece of paper. Technically, it's my temporary driver's license. Literally, 
piece of printer paper. Oof. Not looking for that. Something to expect when you get here. <laughs> okay. yeah. Thanks. You're really selling this place, man. <laughs> hey, we got Parker Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah. I right. love him. Love him. All right, Ty. Thanks for helping me out with the ad reads. Yeah, man. No problem. Anytime. So, sorry for whoring you out to the industry. Nah, that's fine. All right. <laughs> Enjoy the episode, freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Matt, I'm showing you some leg today. I'm sorry, I'm in my comfy clothes. It's been a it's been a long two days. I'm tired. Marty, we're on air. Oh, we are. <laughs> What's up, freaks? Welcome back to. Rabbit I like Hole how you Recap. pretend it's rare that you're showing off some leg. <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. It's been a long week. A lot of stuff going on in the Bitcoin world. I was in Denver yesterday. Flew back this morning. Got in around 12:30 Austin time. Here by 2.30. Every Thursday, rabbit hole recap, we're here. You've been traveling too. You, you, you got a cabana hat. Yeah, I've gone full gringo. Yeah, with the stash. I like the lifestyle. It's, uh, it's a nice, is that a, would you consider that a Fu Manchu? Is it, does it have to go a little bit further? To I have no idea. I'm not a, next, next week I'll be a mustache expert. This, this week we're geopolitics experts. <laughs> have you been doing your research? I had uh, I had a buddy I had a buddy text me. He's like, uh, "Okay, I spent twenty minutes on Twitter. Now I'm a geopolitics expert, ready to discuss." <laughs> oh man, what a week! What a time to be alive. Ah, let's just get right into Clark's dashboard, and then we can get into everything. Uh, the current price of Bitcoin is forty two thousand nine eight hundred ninety five cuck bucks, according to Clark's dashboard. Uh, currently, one cuck buck is going to get you 2,376 sats. We're at block height 725,782. My eyes are going. I used to be able to read this perfectly on my laptop right over here, but now not as good. We had a difficulty adjustment earlier today, just uh, 22 blocks ago, and that was a downward adjustment of 1.5%. That's because blocks were coming in at 10 minutes and 11 seconds on average uh, between today's difficulty adjustment and the prior difficulty adjustment. We can give you the estimated uh, next retarget, which is going to be in 1,994 blocks, but this isn't as accurate because we're only, again, 22 blocks away from the last difficulty adjustment. So this is a really good sample set, but as of right now, um, it's looking like a negative 21.7% adjustment. Uh, but again, that's probably way off. Uh, it'll probably be more accurate halfway through the adjustment period or the difficulty epoch, um, which will be at block 1,000 or when there's 1,008 blocks between this adjustment and the next one. There are currently 16,853 transactions in Clark's mempool. That was something I mentioned to you before we went live. I've been following Slush Pool's Telegram uh, channel. If you're, I mean, if you're mining on Slush Pool, you probably follow it 
already. Uh, you get pinged whenever Slushpool mines a block and you see what the reward was in that block, what have, block it was and all that. And uh, I have a buddy who has it set so that notification and only that notification is like the cash register. Ka-ching! Ka-ching! Yeah. But it feels like that too. It's like, oh, I'm making money. I'm, I'm mining the slush pool. And I've just noticed last two days, specifically uh, anecdotal eyeball test, looking at the Telegram channel, looks like the uh, the fees part of the, the block reward has gone up. There's been a, a couple of 15 million sat fee or, and more. I believe I saw a 6.6 uh, BTC reward earlier today, which... Uh, yeah, for a couple for for at least, you know, five or six hours there to get into the next block. It was like 27 sats per byte or something like that. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. Um, probably the events of the world driving uh, this fee pressure, this temporary fee pressure, the short term or this uh, temporal. Yeah, who knows if it's short term. It could be extended, but uh, fees have certainly gone up. Uh, over the last week, over the last few days, more specifically, Samurai, uh, that's sitting at 4,365.39 Bitcoin or 183.8 million uh, cuck bucks. I can't see. You see, see I got my, my yeah. sexy new Ronin Dojo behind me. Oh, yeah, the Tanto. Let's talk about that. So you tweet it. Um, it's a sexy piece Dude, of hardware. hardware. Is so sexy. I was. My, uh, it, Possibly the sexiest Bitcoin hardware I've had my hands on so far. One Just, of the, uh, we've talked about it in the past because um, I did have the prototype. Uh, they, it's just a solid. It's basically a solid block of aluminum, um, except for the bottom. So there's no fan, and the whole thing just acts as a heatsink. But the packaging was like very professional, very clean packaging. Um, the UX of the new UI is just absolutely gorgeous, you know, especially for, uh, a node is feels very rare to have, uh, like really nice, pretty UX on a node. Um, and the setup was as simple as just plugging it into ethernet and power, really, really convenient, easy setup. So, and now it's syncing. So more thoughts, more thoughts later, I am going to have two of the Ronin Dojo guys on, um, dispatch on Tuesday. Here we so. get in Zelko and... No, so Zelko has just been on many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's going to be Guerra Moneda uh, S21. And um, the S21 is his like, Twitter name. And Guerra is his other name. Um, and Brother Rabbit. Brother Rabbit. So and then it's not going to just be a Ronin Dojo conversation, but it is one of the things we will be talking about. We'll just be talking about like general privacy and dissident tech, but also Ronin Dojo. The uh, the new UI is sexy. I was with uh, a gentleman yesterday in Denver who who received his Tonto as well, and he was very impressed. Uh, plug and chug, plug it in, get that sexy UI. I've got to reset up my Ronin Dojo, uh, which is not the Tonto, and is uh, not as high caliber as the uh, as the Tonto, but it is a good note nonetheless. My friend, if you're listening, we're going to get it set up. I've been extremely busy. Um, what else? What else we got here? That's it for Clark's dashboard. It's been a hell of a week. I'm actually a bit happy. I've been traveling quite a bit because uh, it's been able, been easy to avoid the war, the war porn in the world today. Um, though it is impossible to to avoid it once you go on social media and look at headlines and stuff like that. It, this is going to be one I of the five days. Off, I took five days off of Twitter just straight up. How'd that uh, feel? Which was fantastic. 
Yeah. Everyone, everyone should consider it. Uh, <laughs> if Marty thinks porn is bad, uh, Twitter is might be worse. Yeah, it Twitter's. is fucking rots, rots your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're seeing it now. I mean, uh, this whole situation's fucked. But well, backing up, not getting into the specifics of Russia, Ukraine yet. This is going to be one of the most pivotal, pivotal, see, I can't even speak pivotal, like two week period in human history, probably. I, mean, I was just going to let you run with it. Pivotal. <laughs> pivotal. Pivotal. I was like, yeah, Marty's tired. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention it. What, uh, what do you think? Do you think this is like in my, because I tweeted out on Sunday this week, we we're talking about the US dollar specifically. Right. We talked about it on rabbit hole recap too. Yeah. That, that if they make that move. Um, if they go full-blown sanctions, try and cut off SWIFT, um, in the short term, it can be very effective. And we're seeing that it's, you know, uh, not only punishing the Russian government, but unfortunately is, you know, fucking destroying the average lives of average Russians uh, everywhere, but especially those that live in Russia. But long-term, um, ultimately, it does, it does represent the final nail in the coffin in in my mind, uh, in the U.S. dollar hegemony, yeah, it's done because you're done. literally just pushing them off. And uh, first off, I wanted to say I made a very embarrassing mistake last week, and I'm like I'm pretty impressed that it's the only one that I realized, uh, at least so far, considering all the topics we talked about. That I said Norway wasn't a part of NATO. Norway is a part of NATO. NATO. It was a very. I felt very bad about that. So uh, keep that in mind, freaks. Got that wrong. Get many things wrong. Why do you feel um, bad about that? That seems like a, in, a I don't know. innocent I feel mistake. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew Norway was part of NATO and I fucked it up. But anyway, um, because I, anyway. Um, and then the second thing was that um, I, I think it's, I completely forgot where I was going because I was just embarrassed about Norway. Hey, don't be embarrassed. Hey. We, we all make mistakes. Well, what were you, you going to say? Why don't we go to you? No, I was going to say I agree. I mean, it's the fi final nail in the coffin. You see, I mean, not only the sanctions pushing Russia, the government, away from the U.S. dollar system and, and, the, and like using that as reserve currency. That's not going to happen moving forward. Yeah, like it's just it's just so incredibly sad. Like I'm I'm thinking about rabbit hole recap this week because I obviously I I knew we were going to talk about this and obviously I've had thoughts on Twitter and I don't know if I can my Twitter thoughts have articulated like how just depressing it is for me like watching all this like you said like Russians Apple Pay cut them off immediately you see the videos and pictures of of Russians just trying to go about their daily lives. The Russian citizens trying to go about their daily lives, taking the train. They can't even do that. Uh, you have obviously Ukrainians are in the middle of a war. They're getting murdered. They've been invaded. It's just like, and like Putin's evil. The U.S. government, the intelligence, <laughs> intelligence agencies are evil. NATO. You can argue those. I don't want to say evil. They're all they're all fucking power hungry, grubby players that don't really care about the citizens in the middle and that, that's like been the most dismaying thing for me watching the coverage doom scrolling on twitter it just seems like both the russians and ukrainians are, are just pawns in this bigger 
like the dick flexing game between NATO countries and Russia. So I had a couple interesting takeaways. So the first one that I forgot was I thought it was interesting that usually like in the U.S. sanction regime, um, they're not as effective because Russia is the one uh, who doesn't go and comply with them. So so whatever country gets sanctioned, they just turn to Russia, right? But this time Russia is the target of it. It's very interesting to see how many countries have basically followed suit and joined in the sanctions. I don't know if we've seen this kind of really like a global response. Now, China is still left out there. China hasn't done anything in terms of uh, sanctioning Russia. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out uh, in terms of uh, how things move forward there. I mean, I had a tweet that I was called a Putin bootlicker because <laughs> I said Russia had a lot of energy resources and they could um, they could convert those that energy, at least some of that energy, to Bitcoin through mining and no one could stop them from doing it. And everyone was like, well, where are they going to get the ASICs from? Well, China hasn't sanctioned them. Um, the second thing is this is more than just financial sanctions. I mean, we're seeing almost like a viral like cancel culture against average Russians that is happening by all these different platforms. So we're seeing like Steam. Um, yeah, like all their games are getting seized. FIFA is removing Russia. Did you see from FIFA's games. removing no they're they're removing the Russian football team. You can't play them from in the, the video the game? FIFA game. Yeah. Um uh things like plane ownership by the airlines, like they're owned by Irish companies or leased out by Irish companies, or there's some dynamic there. Um, so there's all these ad additional measures that are being put on to pressure the government through their people and through their companies uh, that I don't think we've ever really seen on this scale before. It's very interesting to watch play out. And then the third thing is, I think people didn't really... So first of all, as always, um, war is filled with propaganda on both sides. Um, I want to be very clear here that I strongly believe, and I think it's objectively true, that Russia is is bombing civilians and cities in throughout Ukraine, and that we have friends over in Ukraine that are getting, you know, they're getting their home, their, their homes and their livelihoods completely destroyed um, through mass bombings. Uh, the the propaganda on both sides is very high, but I don't think people really realized how much control the U.S. government and its allies have over the major media platforms. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is on Twitter, for instance, on Instagram, I'm not on Instagram or Facebook, but my understanding is uh, and stuff like YouTube and stuff like that. Russians are being targeted and removed from those platforms. Um, but on the West, they're not being removed. And what you see is not only do you see the ability for uh, Western propaganda to move throughout cyberspace um, to all these eyeballs, but you also see the ability of influencers in Russia, people that have large platforms that are Russians, not being not being censored by the Russian government because they're on Instagram or whatnot. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic how these centralized social media platforms play out uh, in this type of warfare. We've never really seen anything like that before. I thought that was a very um, 
I know it's very novel. Something it was, it was, it's something that like we've seen the starting of in things like, you know, like the Canadian protests or or Hong Kong or stuff like that, where you see like one side get, you know, maybe more censored than another side, but not to this scale. I haven't really ever seen it to this scale. Yeah. It's quite, uh, I guess. Even well. Namecheap, my beloved Namecheap, yeah, that Namecheap I have way too many out. domains with, cut all Russian accounts, every it's, Russian account. It wasn't just oligarchs, it wasn't just the government. Every believe, Russian account. They have till March 6th, I believe, to to find a new DNS provider. Yeah, the CEO of Easy DNS. I don't, I don't think he's going to be kicking Russians off for what it's worth. And it's completely, it's so hard to talk about. Not Russian, not Ukrainian. Sitting here in Austin, Texas, watching this unfold. And it's just like, what the fuck? That's basically, I, I it's just say, like, what the fuck? Like, did it have to get here? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it could have been avoided. I think it get here regardless. Well, Regardless, regardless if you think if the NATO nation said, all right, we're going to stay away from Ukraine, we're not going to ask them to join the European Union, we're not going to pressure them to join NATO, we're not going to pressure them to seek out nuclear weapons, you think we'd be here right well, now? Well, I, I don't, I mean, first of all, we pressured Ukraine to give up their nukes uh, in 94. Um, I, I think a lot of Ukrainians did want to join NATO. Um, I think that you know, maybe... Do you really, though? Do you really think there's a lot of everyday Ukrainians sitting at home being like, we need to join NATO? Or do you think they're just well, like, Marty, I want to go about my life? The, and- the, the, my perspective <laughs> is, my perspective is, is that um, one way or another, Putin wanted Ukraine under his thumb, no matter what. So maybe the war could have been avoided because it was already a puppet state of Russia, like Belarus is. Like that is, you know, ultimately... I don't know, though, but, very, is, but is, is the it, Ukraine state the puppets a puppet state of the CIA? Like the CIA definitely was involved in the 2014 uh, debacle. There was a color revolution there. There's plenty of videos of U.S. congressmen going to Ukraine at that time and arming <laughs> the neo-Nazi insurgents that are there now. Like there's there's video proof of all this. Like the, the U.S. was meddling too. Like why? I agree. I don't think Russia should have Ukraine under their thumb, but I don't think we're innocent in any way either here. But uh, that's, that's what I'm the, saying. I don't, I don't know if it, it's this idea that it was avoidable is, yeah. you know, it, it's, well, in, it's yeah. in this, it's, that, it's in this location. And that goes back uh, to what I was trying to say earlier. It just sucks. Very this, resource rich. Dick measuring contests between a bunch of assholes and the citizens of both countries to just get used as pawns. I will say on a positive note that, I would like to see, I think that we've passed the Rubicon on the point where there are so many Bitcoiners located globally. We have this very strong network of Bitcoiners around the world um, that are financially independent because they have Bitcoin, uh, that are technically savvy because they've honed their skills and that they've used the tools and they have um, these defensive technologies through free and open source software, stuff like encryption, stuff like Bitcoin, holding your own keys, using your own node, ideally things like mesh nets, stuff like that, where let's just leave this war to the side for a second. Wherever there is in the world that there is a humanitarian crisis, where there's needs, um, I like to think, and you know, we saw this to a lesser extent in Canada, we saw this to a lesser extent in Hong Kong, um, that there'll be Bitcoiners on the ground that are locals there 
um, that are able to basically mobilize resources from around the world and receive donations from around the world. And this is kind of goes with my greater overarching theory, which I've had for a while, which is, you know, basically this, this Citadel theory, right? Which is that if you have tools that empower individuals where they can support their local communities, then you have tools that allow those individuals to coordinate and communicate globally um, in a secure and efficient way, then all of a sudden you have the you have a situation where this this whole idea of these large central power structures is disrupted because these are defensive technologies that make going against these types of people more expensive, more difficult, more costly. Um, so one aspect of like if if you are you know concerned about the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine right now. Um, we have our boy Gleb, who's from Kharkiv in Ukraine, and he's on the ground in Ukraine. Extremely talented Bitcoin developer, former New York Bitcoiner. Um, and he's he like created this humanitarian response where they have like these small vans that they're driving um, into the war zone to supply just regular individuals with, you know, water and food and the essentials they need to survive in this kind of situation. And he's accepting direct Bitcoin donations and he's not doing, he's, you know, doing it through what I would think with this is, is best practices, right? Where he's yeah, using a BTC pay best server. Practices, it's he's not reusing blood. addresses. Yeah. When that guy talks about Bitcoin, I almost have no idea what he's talking about. That's how talented he is. He has extremely high integrity. So if you are considering, you know, using your sats in that way, I would say that he is, is probably one of the best targets for those kind of donations. Um, I don't know the domain off the top of my head, but it is, it is on my Twitter. Shout out to Gleb. Wanted that he had to escape Kiev, what I understand. He was in Kiev when all this went down. He, he, I believe his last, one of his last tweets was on escape West and is safe. Hope you're staying safe out there, Gleb. Yeah. It's just a fucking shit show, dude. But we can sit here and dwell. Um, oh yeah, there it is. What's the domain? btca-ua.org btca-ua.org ua.org just takes you to a to a btc pay invoice yeah i mean here we're we're getting further into the digital age freaks volatility is going to only increase from here at least for short to medium term I mean, we've got obviously war in ukraine let's hope that level heads prevail not looking like that's going to happen anytime soon but hopefully this doesn't break into world war three and that's what's just like very frustrating seeing the reaction like the, the like biden coming out last weekend and essentially saying the the, the russia has two two options or the world has two options, sanctions or World War III, aka nuclear war. And then there's just like the framing from the president of the United States to, to try to frame the situations. Like we either get sanctions or war, which is completely irresponsible and like dehumanizing of the people in Ukraine and Russia. Like why, why isn't diplomacy like an option? Why isn't like getting people to the table and saying, hey, we realize you're frustrated we're sorry that the CIA is training Ukrainians to 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 antagonize 
Russia. We're going to back off. We're not going to, uh, we're not going to include them in NATO. We're not going to include them in the EU. We won't put military bases right next to your border. Um, let, let's let peace prevail. Try to, to try to work towards a peaceful view want Ukraine to remain neutral and autonomous. We want you to do your thing and we'll leave both of you alone. I mean, that, that's, Maybe it's wishful thinking. I think it's a little bit naive. naive but <laughs> why? Why is it though? Like, like, why is that naive? Um. Well, for starters, can you what? can you see why? I mean, and again, this is where like people call me a, a Putin apologist, a Russian apologist. But can you see their perspective? Is like, hey, we don't want U.S. military bases with nukes pointing at us right on our border. Like in the, yeah, in the realm of diplomacy. If you're a those bases are already there without without Ukraine being a part of NATO. And so, who's the antagonist here? Like, let me see if I have this. Let's see, uh, I don't know. Drop Bitcoin, not bombs. That's the thing, and that's that's why we do this. I truly believe that Bitcoin, when it becomes a reserve currency, will decrease the potential for conflicts of this size. Maybe it doesn't eliminate them. <laughs> it doesn't eliminate them outright, but it certainly increases the incentive for cooperation instead of direct conflict and friction. Um, and, and we'll see what happens now. Like the U.S., you had Powell come out yesterday and say something that you're not supposed to say if you're the Federal Reserve Chairman and in Jerome Powell's defense, I think his hand was forced looking at the, the sanctions and the reaction from Russia and China to those sanctions is, yeah, there's now we live in a world where there could be more than one uh, global reserve currency uh, because the BRIC countries are not going to be using the dollar. You're going to have people actively moving away from SWIFT and the dollar system. Um, looking at what's going on with these sanctions, like they're just going after rich people's money in Russia. They're going after Putin's money, which is understandable to an extent. Um, like you said, Steam shutting them down. DNS providers are shutting them down. Uh, you have a fucking international cat pageant shut, shut is not allowing Russia's to participate. And it's, it's scary rhetoric. Because like, I, like it's, is it similar? Like, is it any different than like the rhetoric against Muslims in the United States post 9-11. I think is it like the weirdest was like uh like the people stopped selling Russian vodka. Um <laughs> I um it's all so fucking dumb, dude. So so Marty, did you read any of like uh like the different theories on uh like what Putin's objectives are? Uh, I, well, obviously, I'd, were there any you prescribed to? I mean, I had that guy. I wanted to get a different perspective on something outside. The, that's the thing. Like, I don't trust anything the mainstream media said. So I had this dude, is Nim London Paul on, who writes the Serious Report, and he went into like, and he's been covering the developing situation between Russia and Ukraine for years, and what's been developing in that side of the world for years. And I mean, he went into very deep detail about there's. Uh, obviously, there there's Russian sections of Ukraine that want to secede, essentially, Donbass being one of them. Apparently, they've been attacked by Ukrainian neo-Nazis um, over time. And they actually did find a video 
um, that was shared on Twitter earlier today of one of the leaders of that neo-Nazi party and regime uh, talking like a couple of weeks ago um, about how they're they're going to like bring Nazism throughout Ukraine, which is crazy to see. And that's a part of the story that's not being covered by Western media. It is real. It's not like just some like, oh, can't you say Nazis? It's like, no, these people consider themselves neo-Nazis and they're talking about going and, and killing Muslims and Russians in, uh, in the Ukraine. What is his objective? I don't think he wants to occupy Ukraine. That's what London Paul said. He just wants to basically show show that his military is more formidable than the West would lead them to believe, which seeing videos throughout the week, again, I don't know if it's propaganda and opportunistic, but it does seem like they're having fuel issues and food issues in some regards. Um, but yeah, like the first 90 minutes of the war, apparently were very tactical, take out a bunch of Ukraine's military uh, equipment and their facilities, and they bombed a bunch of biomedical facilities as well. Uh, they're, they're actually protecting Sharon Bull, uh, Chernobyl, uh, Sharon Bull, Chernobyl with uh, with the Ukrainian army, like which is an interesting. Well, didn't the Russians take it first, and then Ukraine took it back? No, apparently they're both guarding it. From when I from what this the Battle the, of Chernobyl. Well, apparently uh, they're guarding it because they're worried I, about like a false flag attack of somebody, in the Western nation, like bombing in like look at what Russia did. But obviously Car, the Ukrainians don't want uh, that. I put a map in our Telegram chat. Can you can you pull the map up? Or do you think they want to go through and get Moldova, Belarus, and have one large? Um, what was it? I thought there was an interesting one that it felt like um, it kind of felt like he sent like uh, just you know not prepared troops in in the beginning. Um, that he sent like weaker units, like less supplied units, uh, and he kind of thought like maybe it could just you know, walk right in there and be accepted as liberators and that the war would be over really quickly. And then when there was more resistance, then he started, you know, sending in like really well-trained units, more uh, sophisticated uh, Special gear. Special forces. Right, that actually had like good communication and stuff like that. Bombing campaigns started to increase. Um, and then there was this interesting theory that it was like all to play our hand on on the sanction play and the swift basically uh, and i don't know if that's like a five years to get away from it or something like that but but you you know you have you say they're coming in to defend those two separatist regions um you have the rest of the world overplay their hand you have some kind of assurances from china you have gold stockpiled uh and and you kind of basically show china like look you know, you don't want to be holding, you know, U.S. FX reserves. Uh, you don't want to be holding um, any kind of assets that that are within American sphere sphere of influence, and kind of like accelerate on that level, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But anyway, Marty, like you see this map, like mm -hmm. even if like Ukraine isn't part of NATO, like if he if there's like a if there's a Russian puppet in Ukraine, I don't know if that really changes that much um in terms of like de-escalation. Why do you, why does the map say that? What what what's the map saying in that regard? Well, first of all, Belarus, we might as well just consider that part of like the Russian side, right? Mm -hmm. So they're already right up on there. 
And then you have you all you have all the the three little Baltic countries um, that are right up on the border already. Turkey is like funny because it's in NATO, but I just don't feel like they really are. Right. I don't know. I just I don't I don't know if I I I I don't know if diplomacy is really. I just feels like just like a naive kind of thing. I don't I don't really think that I don't think I don't I period do not think that we should have US troops on the ground in Ukraine. Well, I don't think we have um, to, I don't think we should have the CIA meddling with Ukraine, which they certainly Well, the have. CIA is meddling everywhere. Yeah, which and is I like, don't support that. But we need to destroy this like, like that's like the point that I'm getting at. like the CIA, the United States, like we are not innocent in this at all. The United States has been known to instigate color revolutions throughout the world. Apparently they try to do it with Belarus and Kazakhstan earlier this year. Um, the, the, the Kazakhstan riots, a lot of people think, was was it an attempt at a color revolution in Kazakhstan. Just and and the Russians stepped in. Yeah. And it's, it's been going on for like, it's been going, you know, this, like, especially with Russia, that's been going on for since the Cold War started. I know, but like it's, as American, it's like, this is the CIA, like, do they actually... Are they a net positive or negative for, for the United States? I would argue they're a net negative, not only for the United States, well, for all of humanity. On us too. Yeah. Hey, hey, we got a CIA agent in the room now too. Go fuck yourself. Like, seriously. Well, that's, why I, that's why I would just, I would reiterate that I do think that this idea of defensive technologies that empower individuals is an actionable way of leaving that kind of, you know, I guess I guess I wouldn't even say bipolar world. It's like kind of tripolar now with with China Multi, involved. Multipolar, it's going to be. Um, but these large nation state entities, right? Where you have instead you have these basically local, more voluntary communities that are then also. Um, and I know that is a little bit idealistic, maybe, but I think that the the idealism would be saying that it won't be messy on the process to get there. But I think ultimately, if we do get to that place where you have all these different tools that allow these these that that allow people to basically defend themselves and support each other, um, then you have a distribution of power Agreed. in a way that maybe these large scale types of conflicts, like you'll still have violence, like when 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 yeah, violence when is never going talk away. about. When, t- when people talk about this type of scenario ending war, what they really mean is like ending this type of war where you have, you know, tanks and massive bombing campaigns on cities and stuff like that. Um, but you'll still have violence. It'll just be more micro. Yeah. More distributed. I just hate, like, uh, it's just, again, completely. Yeah. It's just completely disheartening seeing like, it's just crazy seeing like the mass psychosis and the NPC normie world go from get back double jab wear your mask to like immediately like Ukraine flag in like you kill Putin I didn't want yeah fucking I, Putin, killed, Putin killed COVID yeah. um and I didn't a, I didn't I didn't see the state of the union but I one of my buddies said that Biden had the nerve to say like now that we've been successful against Omicron and we're past Omicron or whatever, um, we're ready to uh, move ready. on to bigger issues. Ready to go to war with Russia. It's like, what the fuck? Um, COVID definitely feels like it's getting memory hold. 
Yeah, well, uh, it's funny. That's getting memory hold just when uh, a lot of data is coming out about Pfizer's trials that is proving that the vaccine uh, may have been uh, more detrimental to people's health than they were advertising. And hard data is actually coming out. There's 80,000 pages they wanted to be uh, withheld from the public until 2075 are getting released now. And it's showing that they knew during the vaccine trials that people were not only having adverse reactions, but were dying. And the United States and the rest of the world tried to thrust those vaccines on everybody, including children, which is fucking disgusting. These people are evil. At least eight pages of side effects. Uh, Do you know why they got released? Was it a lawsuit? Yeah, lawsuits. I mean, he demands like, and it's people. And, and, and it was funny too, because the uh, one in the middle of the beginning of the Russia Ukraine stuff, a German insurance company came out and said, hey, there right. is something going on here. There, the amount of claims that are, are being uh, called, what do you, what do you, the, the amount of claims that are being made. Uh, the amount Filed. of people that calling their, their life insurance is like <laughs> 10 sigma more than what it should be. It's 10 standard deviations away from the normal, which means something has entered the population that is killing them uh, in, in ways that is, is abnormal. And they were, <sighs> don't kick us off YouTube. We just got back on YouTube yesterday, but this might be the last strike. Third strike. But like, the fucking vaccine is killing people and it's coming to life. Twitch.tv slash rabbit hole recap. <laughs> everybody's, and everybody's now like, oh, Ukraine. It's crazy. It's just, there's bad things happening in the world right now. Yes, you should have empathy for people over there, but just do not go. Like, wrote, repeat, along with the, the mainstream media that just lied to you for two years. You can also find you can find the archives on Bitcoin TV as well. Yeah, look at this. These are the people running our country. Joe Biden's up there. Did you watch the State of the Union? No, I only saw clips. I had better things to do. We were. So, do you like know what the context of this is? (laughs) I don't don't know. No, I I have no idea. Apparently, there was like really no context. She like just spazzed out. We're looking at for anybody just listening. <laughs> at home, and I can't see the video that we have on the screen now. It's a, a viral uh, video of Nancy Pelosi awkwardly looking like a deranged. She's clown. like making fire. She's yeah, like making rubbing fire. Rubbing her knuckles like, together. Did and you this, see one of the freaks was like, I do this every Thursday for you and Matt? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But look, these are the people running our country, making our decisions. And these are the people sending the messages that uh, m- most people who posted black squares who were very okay with masking up and keeping social distancing and taking experimental vaccines and staying home and shutting down the economy and taking direction from these people. Now with the situation unfolding in Russia and Ukraine, just beginning to parrot that narrative from these deranged psychopaths. It's like, when are people going to learn? Yes, shit's fucked up. It's going on over there, but please do not trust the narratives coming from the mainstream media. That's like, that's, I had a conversation about this two days ago. Like I know shit's fucked up and I'm trying my best to, to completely understand the picture. But what I do know is I'm more confused than ever. Like, I I don't know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. Like what's true, what's false. Other than there's definitely something going on over there. Uh, But I think 
what are what yeah. are the goals of of both sides? I don't know. I I mean I think you hit the nail on the head at the end there, um, and I think it's something that we have to be very careful about because I don't pretend to be like the smartest person in the room, but I do pride myself on trying to think critically about everything, um, and to take in as if if I want to make a judgment call on something, try and take in as much information as possible. Uh, like avoid going with a strong narrative or something like that, that is like pushed on you. Um, but there is, there is a, an increasing tendency I've noticed I, that of people that are basically burnt out, that it's almost like, um, like the word psyop is almost feeling like it's a psyop now <laughs> where like, I'm seeing people that experience critical that, that are, were critical thinkers. And instead they now just whatever the whatever the narrative is, they just strongly believe the exact opposite of it, um, and just say everything is a psyop. Well, which I think is, everything is a psyop. <laughs> we'll say but it isn't. It isn't, Marty. And 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 at the end of the day, if we have people just turn off and stop thinking critically, period, um, I feel like we're in a worse situation. Like I don't. I. I I well, you, think you admitted it earlier. Right? It was propaganda from both sides. Like that's a hundred percent. Right. And the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. The truth is not the exact opposite of the propaganda side. You don't like. Yes. And so it's gotta, you gotta be very, um, I think people should be very careful about that. Now that's only if you're trying to make a decision based on it. Like if you just want to go off grid and just not pay attention and just take care of yourself, then all the power to you. That sounds very healthy to me. Yeah, you know, um, the, you know what the healthiest society in the, in the world is right now. Guess you have a guess. The no Amish, idea. the Amish have no idea what's going on. They're just happy uh, on their farms, doing their thing. They have no idea. You can go up to them on their horse and buggy, be like, "Oh, what do you think about the Ukraine thing?" They'd be like, "What? Where's Ukraine?" The Amish are a psyop. <laughs> That's a psyop I can get behind. Uh. Yeah. On a positive note with with the war, I will say that <laughs> on a I positive think, note with the war, it was a <laughs> well on the war topic. I will say that uh, you know, like good thing, like it's, I'm I'm very I'm very grateful that we have Bitcoin in these types of situations, and Agreed. I think there's a lot of people in Russia and a lot of people in Ukraine <laughs> who saw basically their their inability to get any kind of assets out of their country, out of their banks. Whether that was, you know, in the bank account, whether that's in the stock market, whether that's in real estate, um, but with Bitcoin, you know, you're able to secure it yourself. You're able to secure it offline. Uh, in the worst case scenario, you can secure it in your head. Do not advise doing that for long term unless you're just immediately trying to get across the border and then just write it back down on the other side. Um, but but the ability to basically secure your wealth yourself, not rely on a trusted third party and cross international borders um, was kind of just, you know, some people would say it was a mountain man bullshit fantasy, but it's really shown its value here, I think, on a, on a global stage. So um, I think it's imperative to realize in times like this, you know, exactly, you know, why do we spend so much time focused on this movement? And the greater free open source movement, um, and then this is exactly why, right? Because it's it's ultimately a defensive technology for individuals, and it gives people freedom around the world. Agreed. 
Agreed. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I and mean, the value prop of Bitcoin is being highlighted. Again, it was silver lining. You had the Canada situation where they froze bank accounts. Proved Bitcoin's value prop. Now you have this situation where you're sanctioning a whole country. And they're realizing we need Bitcoin. The, another country is getting attacked, creating a refugee crisis where people need to take their money. Bitcoin is probably the best vehicle to flee with your wealth if you're going to if you need to do that hopefully you never do but if you do bitcoin is much better than cash gold or depending on uh, having to depend on uh, digital currency in a bank account it just got frozen i mean the wall this is again let's get back to like the dollar hegemony just crumbling this week alone i mean the wall street journal came out and said like money like money isn't money anymore when you come out and you can just like freeze bank accounts and take people's money. Uh, like the Wall Street Journal admitting that is another. Always has been. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing. Like, so what we're going to have, we're going to have US dollar will be around at least temporarily for, for a period of time. You'll have Russia, China, other BRIC countries try to go to the, I believe they have like a, literally a monetary system called BRICS, B-R-I-C-S. Um, which allows you to exchange digital yuan for digital rubles, for digital um, real, Brazilian real, Indian rupees. Um, so they'll try to do that. I think they're going to do gold backed. You you mentioned it. You said, oh, the, maybe this is Russia trying to like show China, like, look, hey, maybe you don't want this exposure to the US dollar system and we should begin flipping over to the system we've been working on. But in China doesn't even have that much exposure to the U.S. other than like it's a large buyer of the goods that they manufacture. Like they they're they've been dumping all their treasuries. They've been stacking gold like crazy. They've they produce all their shit. Like they just need the American consumer. And it seems that Russia is going to be getting cozier with China in terms of an economic but, relationship here. Obviously, it's not going to replace the whole American economy, but. They still own a lot of treasuries, even though they haven't been. I think they've just made the main face. They're like flat, right? They've been flat for like the last five years no, or six they've, years. Or they've been dumping, and they own they own a minuscule amount of treasuries in terms Let's of pull up the chart. I don't know if we'll be able to find it off the head. It's still, I mean, like like I said, I mean, it's still a substantial nominal amount. No, but and relative like to percentage, relative of, to the percentage GDP, relative yeah. to the percentage that other countries hold, it's minuscule. Um, um, and then the other thing is, I mean, obviously, uh, wealthy Chinese have a lot of Western exposure. Yes, yes. Like individuals, a lot of Chinese miners over here have a lot of. Yeah. Lot and like of, the, all the real estate markets, and like every real estate capital of the world. My house is owned by a Chinese man, I believe. Yeah, but that, okay. Is, does he live in China? Yes, he does. I meant like this. Oh, I, wow. I meant uh, you heard it here first, folks. Austin's owned by China. Um, <laughs> the breaking, breaking. Austin breaking. owned by China. A city um, in Switzerland is making Bitcoin legal tender. I meant more like like the stories you hear of where they like send a. Uh, you know, like they send like their kid to school in Toronto or something, and then the kid like buys, buys like yeah. four city blocks worth of condos. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah, maybe that's what the kid did. He graduated, had a family, moved back to China. Just holding it down. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, it's scary times in the world. 
But again, so the, the point I was trying to make, you know, the US dollar system, maybe they try to go to a CBDC. They're going to have this BRIC system. They're probably going to try and back it by gold and get that going. But I don't think, and that's one thing Jerome Powell said too. Again, that comment, there is a world in which there are going to be more than one reserve currency. That's not true. There will be a transitionary period where there are many competing currencies looking to become the world reserve currency. However, the way monetary economics work, that just creates too much friction. Having multiple reserve currencies just is unsustainable and unstable uh, for, for a global economy that's looking to, to facilitate uh, smooth economic activity across the world, across borders. Um, so I think that's the thing. That's the thing. I, Russia and China have been posturing to build this system parallel since the 90s, um, since uh, I believe Bill Clinton um, had some some harsh words for Russia and their monetary system back then. And I, I believe it, it was incepted into their brains in the 90s that they wanted to move away from the US dollar system. At some point in the future, China uh, wants to do that as well. And they've been working towards this, this massive gold back digital currency uh you can aim you can you can look they had that in the mandibles too yeah you can look at you can look they at called their, it the bank or yeah you can you can you can look at their gold accumulation started like right around 2000 both countries and they've just been amassing a hoard of a massive hoard of gold for the last two decades and so yeah i think they've had the intention of, of building the system for quite some time u.s dollar obviously wants to remain uh, the, the reserve currency but that's not going to happen uh, and I think Bitcoin throws a wrench in in their plans. And uh, honestly, even though I'm unhappy with the the war machine, the military-industrial complex, and the intelligence agencies here in the U.S., and the fact that they're instigators around the world, and they probably put us in a position where the dollar is weak and uh, and a threat, like it is threatened to uh, end its reign as a reserve currency. Uh, like Bitcoin is throwing a wrench in that that planned transition to a gold-backed digital currency by the BRIC countries. And so I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch over the next five years as they attempt to do that. How pissed off do the BRIC countries get uh, at Bitcoin for for essentially ruining their plans because it is superior. So they got to be hedging themselves by buying Bitcoin, right? Yeah. At least like the oligarchs, like the rich people in China yes. and Russia and everywhere yeah. else. Totally, um, but like the CCP, like in the in the Russian government, they fucked up when they had the chance. They 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 shouldn't have banned Bitcoin mining. They should have seized all the miners. They I shouldn't know. have let them leave. Right, um, Carl. Well, I a, have. Uh, well, that's like a, a sign that the they're. No, that's like a sign that they're not hedging the the government at least for for Bitcoin. But what worries me is that the U.S. government is not looking at this as an opportunity. Like the hubris is so large that like Powell was saying we need to regulate cryptocurrencies. Janet Yellen said some bombastic stuff about um, like calling Bitcoin companies money launderers that facilitate Russian transactions. So like we're mining blocks in slush pool. Like if there's a transaction from a Russian in there, are we money launderers? Um, Don't put that in their head. Senator Warren's coming out. She wants to, <laughs> to ban it as well. Major foreign holders of US treasuries. This says China is number two. That was a September. Yeah, but think yeah, about it. September 2021. Yeah, but think about it. Like, look at... The, yeah, that's what yeah. you're saying, like, per GDP or something, right? You're saying, yeah. like, percentage-wise or something. Yeah, it's not as But big. that's what I'm saying. They still have a substantial amount. Like, there's yeah. still panic that could 
be induced there, you know, where if they dump harder and faster. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other interesting thing about the sanctions, like the U.S. sanctioned Russia and all this. And so Russia can't play U.S. the Russian companies uh, and people that like Americans that have investments in Russia, like they're not allowed to to receive payments from these 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 Russian these Russians on on the debt that they've taken out. And so like you have U.S. denominated debt that U.S. borrowers have lent out, or excuse me, lenders have lent out, and they can't get that money back because of the sanctions. And so like that's an externality that that probably wasn't thoroughly thought through like you, yeah it's affecting markets here well, none of this is really thought through it's all short-term stuff yeah um i like i can't help but think about it in like the mandibles uh but but so like, this is so this is saying one this is saying one trillion in chinese china's holding about one trillion right a thousand billion yes yeah, um and then the only one above them is japan that's at 1.3 trillion. And then the next one after that is the United Kingdom, which oh, is just below it. 566 billion in US treasuries. So, so the way they had it, it all played out in the book was to go after Russia and China and stuff. They, they wiped all debt and they basically didn't pay back US treasuries because it was a short-term thought. Um, now, the majority of holders of treasuries are actually Americans. So it really hurt a lot of Americans more. Um, and kind of how it played out in the book is how it play, is actually playing out in Russia on the short term, where Russia itself is, have you seen like these different reports of like rich people's bank accounts getting seized within Russia or converted oh, to yeah. rubles? Like if they have foreign exchanges, they're getting automatically converted into rubles. They're being forced to use rubles to try and support rubles. Um, and, and they're like, I saw some there. Russia like a message, itself like it's is for- kind of closing itself off to try and defend against the attack, um, and that's kind of how it could play out in the U.S. on the longer term. Is like how it's playing out in Russia right now. Is how you would kind of expect it to play out in the U.S. on a long term basis. If Russia and China were to switch to a like a gold backed or a Bitcoin standard or their own, you know, shitcoin. And then they demand payment in that, and then the U.S. government doesn't allow you to pay in that. Um, then all of a sudden, you kind of have like this run um, on the dollar and this this hyperinflationary kind of situation. Yeah, I know it's scary shit. And like, I don't really know if you could be prepared, but I definitely think Bitcoin is an aspect there. Get your Bitcoin uh, off land, exchanges if you haven't already. Land Bitcoin and guns. Yes. Get Knowledge to- and community. Mm. Faith. People you can trust. Yes. We're going to get through this, freaks. It is going to be volatile, though. It is going to be crazy. Do you think Putin's mining Bitcoin? I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. That's, a, that's all I... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I texted a buddy who has the Compass miners, and they're still running right now in Russia. How long does that last? You may just throw them under the bus there. Yeah. That's I mean, be... what do you think? Like Putin's like listening to the show, and he's like, "Oh shit, there's compass miners in Russia." Like that's how he finds out. No, I'm, I'm worried about the U.S. government being like compass. What the hell? We got sanctions on these motherfuckers. Uh, they're not an American company, are they? I don't know. I thought they were. May not be. Um, but anyway, I think Putin is. He's got. There's got to be some mining operations there. That if it's not him, like they do always, like the oligarchs do it, and then they give him a kickback or whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, like, there's got to be some kind of mining operation. Over it's there. pretty well known. There's pretty sizable mining operations in Siberia. I mean, there was plenty. Of, like Siberia is like one of the first places people were experimenting with heating uh, homes, huts with with mining rigs. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of mining in Russia. There's the state mine, there's Putin mine. Again, wouldn't be surprised. Do I know? No, I'm not going to pretend to. I would. I would assume yes. Um, could be right. I saw your tweet was interesting. Uh, I guess it was. There's a bunch of Bitcoiners that are saying like Bitcoin or crypto doesn't work with sanctions, and you were like, "That's a lie." Well, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's weird. Like you had the Bitcoin Magazine guy David Zell, and you had Jeff Shervinsky, like those guys. Nothing against them, but Jake, like, right? Yeah, Jake. Um, Coming out, they're like, they're like Bitcoin's market cap is big enough to facilitate Russia make it to work around. Well, that, but it's like it, all it takes is one transaction of any size to get around sanctions to prove that Bitcoin does help Russia or individual Russians get around sanctions. I mean, well, it definitely helps individual Russians today. Yes. Uh, uh, but it's just like, it's just this weird posturing, you know, the David Zell thing for like Bitcoin policy specifically. Was just like trying to posture, like Bitcoin's not bad. She's like, no, just accept Bitcoin for what it is. Like, if Bitcoin doesn't help people get by sanctions, it doesn't work. Like, stop trying. Yeah, then it would be a completely failed experiment. (laughs) Yeah, it's like okay Um, to admit that doesn't make the skirting of the sanctions. uh, It's it's possible. I would say I would say that there's probably a little bit of nuance there because. in a lot of ways, especially on like a global level here, like the sanctions are like a, it, it's, they're a bit of a social construct, right? So, um, and especially since you definitely can't use Bitcoin privately at large levels. Uh, so yeah, could you send the transaction? Like you could send the transaction, but like if, if like the Russian government sent GE like a bunch of Bitcoin, and it was like very visible on chain. Then, like, you just put a gun to the head of the GE people. Well, how do you know like GE's violating wild. sanctions? What if GE bought a cold card, rolled a dice a hundred times, created a private public key pair? I, I don't. I don't think just, GE no. would use Bitcoin privately. But again, like this is like you're thinking. You're thinking of like that, like but like we could. It is totally possible for GE to buy a cold card to roll dice a hundred times to create entropy, create a private public key pair. Like on the low key, get one of those public addresses, send it over a P2P uh, or end-to-end encrypted messaging system to to a Russian official. Say, hey, I spun this address up on the down low. Here it is. Pay it. Go through Tor. Once it hits the address, I'll send you the goods on the down low. Like that is completely possible. Maybe it's not prop. Maybe these companies won't do it, but it's completely possible. I mean, how much money are they sending? I mean, they could they could send they could just get lost in the mix of sending like a million dollars. They could send thirty bitcoin; it wouldn't look too abnormal on chain. It's completely possible, and to say it isn't is you're either no. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's not possible. I just uh, I th- I think uh, especially at large amounts, it's very hard to use bitcoin privately, and I think most people who try and do forbidden exchange based on a social contract construct, which is what that is, right? Saying you can't do well again if it's you closed. can't do business with these entities, um, they will end up exposing themselves, especially to a sophisticated actor 
like the U.S. intelligence services. Um, all this information is on chain. Um, now, if both so if the side that's obtaining the Bitcoin is doing it through mining, then then obviously they're not doing any like KYC. They're not connected to KYC, which does help them in that situation. Um, but these are there's nuance there. Um, but I, I do agree that if you we were going to just say like, oh, I mean, I have tweets that say Bitcoin obviates sanctions. And like, yeah. obviously, that doesn't have any nuance either. Um, but in practice, in the long term, it does. Yeah. Obviously, because you, it's your money without permission. There's no central actor that can can freeze or block it or seize it without yeah. putting a gun to your head. Yeah. Except Bitcoin for this freaks. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And... Another thing, I mean, staying on this topic with the sanctions, we're seeing wheat prices. I believe they're up like 50% today alone, um, hitting all-time high. Corn prices hitting all-time high. Russia and Ukraine combined make up a, a material amount of the, the wheat and corn exports throughout the world. I believe it's like over 50% for one of them, at least. Um, obviously... Russian oil has been sanctioned. There's stories of Russian oil tanks that are just sitting out there and unable to make it to port to anywhere outside of Russia because of the sanctions. And so uh, they're, they're, they've apparently even offered to sell the oil at a discount to spot. I believe the, the highest estimate I saw was 20% discount to spot, which is material. Uh, we need some March 2020 negative oil. Yeah. Uh, and people aren't buying it, so... Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to see. But again, it'll be interesting to see how long these sanctions last because like we said last week, the you know, Europe, a lot of Europe, and even the US to a certain extent is completely uh, beholden to Russian energy where they, like, Europe needs Russia's natural gas to, to fuel its economy. And so if these sanctions do persist and that starts to affect the ability for Europeans to, to heat heat their homes or just do anything with electricity because they can't get natural gas. That'll be interesting. Didn't they say they intentionally didn't stop the, they didn't sanction the natural gas or did that change? No, they didn't, but apparently they carved out areas. Apparently the sanctions are completely toothless. It's just people are going, companies are going along with it because they're worried about being, um, like the optics being ostracized. Yeah. But, I think they shut down Nord Stream too. Germany did, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, which, but that's a pipeline that doesn't exist yet, right? It's a. I think it's like a Keystone pipeline. Yeah, I think I thought it's it was like in development, though. right? Yeah, um, but again, like even if these companies stop buying, like like if Russia gets their backs up against the wall, which certainly looks like it is happening, they can be like, all right. We don't care about sanctions or not. No sanctions. We're just not selling you gas. Turn it off. You're trying to you're trying to strangle us. We're going to strangle you back. That's where this stuff gets messy. And then again, everybody is just a fucking. Well, pawn. At least it's not winter anymore. Yeah, but still, you need that electricity <laughs> to do other shit. Um, but heat's worse. Yeah. Ah, hairy situation. Give peace a chance, freaks. We got to get, we got to rid ourselves of these kleptocratically. They're all insane. Do we even live in a peaceful world anymore? Do we ever live in a peaceful world? Marty 2022. And that's the thing, like all these, like the United States, the European, like Macron, Biden, Kamala Harris, even Zelensky, Ukraine, like Zelensky is an obvious like CIA plant president. Like he's a fucking actor. 
He's got tweets. So is Trump. Yeah. Like again, they're all they're all assholes. <laughs> we need to get. I away. think we're just. I mean, I don't know if he's. You know what? He, I didn't even know he existed until two weeks ago. So I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Uh, but I do think we have entered. I don't think it's weird that he's an influencer president. I mean, I think I think that's just that's what we're going to have to get used to influencer presidents now. Like that is that is just. Uh, the reality of the trajectory we're going in, regardless of what country you're in, your your presidents are probably going to be actor celebrities. Did you see the weird? Types. Did you see the weird, uh, weird video of him dancing, like back in the nineties or early two thousands? He was wasn't he on uh, that dance reality show or whatever? I don't know. But this one was freaky. What do you know? What's the dance reality show? Do you know what I'm talking about? Dance like a star. Dancing, dancing with, with stars? the stars. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Don't dance watch. like a star. I, he was on one of those. What I saw is he was doing like a, a Beyonce like twerking dance and like tight leather BDSM clothes and high heels, which was very creepy. Not going to judge, but I'm just going to say creep me out a little bit. Um, let's move on from this. It, we could talk about this for days. It's very confusing. Yeah, really, it's been an hour. It's very confusing, freaks. I'm I'm not saying everything is a psyop. There are definitely psyops going on. I feel for the people of Ukraine people of Russia and the people throughout the world who may get dragged into this mess as it, as it wages on. We need to adopt a Bitcoin standard. We need to tap into our energy resources in the West and hopefully we can reduce the potential for conflict like this in the future. But we're going to have to see how this conflict plays out. It's incredibly sad incredibly disappointing and incredibly frustrating um somebody sitting here from an american perspective it's just like cia intelligence agencies war machine stop fucking thinking stop fucking it up for everybody they're evil these people are evil they're demons let me pull the list up i got it on my um so this is positive we have a rust bip 47 library um, Rust is what uh, Bitcoin Development Kit is written in. So hopefully we will see that that'll mean more progress in terms of integrating. It seems like there's a lot of interest in integrating BIP47 into BDK. And BDK is going to be the idea is to position as a base for many wallets. So if BDK integrates it, then hopefully we see BIP47 support in a wide variety of wallets. Um, on the BIP47 tangent, BIP47, to remind the freaks, is was only popularly implemented in Samurai Wallet, um, and they have their pay name implementation of BIP47. BIP47 is this idea of a payment code. You have this static string that looks like a longer Bitcoin address, basically. You can post that anywhere. Someone can take that, put that in their BIP47 wallet, and they can on the fly generate um, new addresses to send you Bitcoin every time. So you, you don't have to both be online at that point, um, and at any point, like I could just take Marty's payment code. I already have it in my phone. And then at that point, anytime I want to send a Bitcoin, I can automatically generate a new Bitcoin address and his wallet knows to look for that address. Um, so it's a very, it's a very cool, U, very easy UX way of, of basically sending Bitcoin, uh, with privacy best practices kept intact, um, with contacts that, you know, you often spend to. And it's also very useful in donation situations because instead of running, a full BTC pay server on a virtual private server or something like that. Um, you can just post a payment code anywhere. You can post text that could be on a signal message. 
That could be on on Twitter or Facebook, your personal webpage. And people only have to get that once. They don't have to keep going to the webpage to get it and they can keep sending you unlimited payments. Um, on the BIP47 note, uh, Sparrow V1.6.0 came out. And with that comes full BIP47 send and receive support. Um, previously, uh, you couldn't send and that has full compatibility with Samurai. So right now, as it currently stands, um, Sparrow users on desktop, whether that's Mac, Linux, or uh, Windows, I don't know why you're using Windows, but if you are, um, can create a BIP47 payment code, um, and then they can send between other Sparrow users or Samurai users. Uh, hopefully, I know there's a lot of interest for Blue Wallet to add it, so we have an iPhone wallet, but I would love to see more BIP47 support happening here. And before I hand it off to Marty, just real quick, there is some confusion about PayNIMS versus BIP47. BIP47 is that payment code. Now, PayNIMS is like a human-readable NIM that connects to that payment code, that represents that payment code. And you can look that up on a centralized server that is PayNIM.is. So stuff like Scary Robot 127 or something uh, is, a, is a generated NIM that's human-readable that is associated with, another, with a payment code. Um, so that relationship is a trusted relationship for convenience and UX because you can just say the payment out loud. Um, but the actual payment code uh, is offline and is it does not rely on a trust trusted centralized uh, third-party server or anything like that. Very good distinction there. Very happy to see Bit47 and PayNIMS proliferating. Um, like we said, it's important. Privacy is important. It's more important than ever with the world going mad, with these regulators here in the United States seem dead set on making it harder and harder to use Bitcoin and trying to thrust KYC AML regulations, not only on exchanges, but individual users. They're going to try and do it. Uh, we should not let them. The travel rule is a big thing. With that being said, I got, a, I got an anonymous tip today from somebody out there. Some freak. For the record, FinCEN is trying to convince the Coinbase travel rule group. So Coinbase has a travel rule group where they're trying to get a bunch of industry players to get together to agree to have a standard uh, that specification that is compliant with the travel rule, which is put forth by the Financial Action Task Force, which is a supranational organization that nobody voted for, nobody asked for, but for some reason they get to decide uh, all the rules of, of receiving and sending money in the world. Uh, they're demons. <laughs> so the uh, FinCEN is trying to convince. So, so it seems like the Coinbase travel rule group, this industry group, is coordinating with FinCEN, or at least sitting at the table with them having discussions. And FinCEN is asking them to bring in ATM providers and peer-to-peer -peer exchanges. No one is safe. So, so they're asking peer-to-peer -peer exchanges they're going to attempt to get uh, exchanges like BISC to implement these travel rule guidelines and ATMs to do the same. Peer-to-peer uh, -peer exchanges is is more of an interesting uh, focus here because ATMs already do a lot of KYC AML. A lot of them do, at least. They actually don't. Take That's care. a I mean, mis. It's a it's a it's a misnomer. I've had to give my license or my address. That was New York thing. Yeah. That's because of New York Bit license. Uh, the ATMs in most places, in a lot of places, I will say, only require a phone number. 
and it can be a burner phone number and you can buy one on silent.link with Bitcoin and no KYC and download it directly to your phone. You do pay a premium, but I, I would say it's a misnomer that ATMs have a lot of KYC. Yes. So they're a decent option for stacking. I think, you know, if you have a local Bitcoin ATM near you, consider it just cash straight to the ATM. The one by me in here in Austin is CoinFlip. They want my lights. Like I went to, it's at the. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. It's at the uh, beer distributor down the street from me. And I went to, uh, went to go buy Bitcoin there one day. They wanted my license. I was like, fuck this. Well, you should ask the Bitcoiners around. Uh, I, I would hope that Austin doesn't. I would hope that Texas doesn't have specific rules. Um, but I, I know there's a lot of states that, uh, like I just, I, I've, I use an ATM, at least for the buy side. Like I don't, I don't know about sell side, but at least for buying Bitcoin with cash. Um, I, I just used one the other day with a, just a phone number. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for correcting me there. But the point being is this travel rule, it's something that pops up every once in a while and we forget about from time to time, but just know that FinCEN is working in coordination with the Coinbase Travel Rule Group, which is a group of industry players that are working in coordination to create a specification to comply with the travel rule, which again is put forth by the Financial Action Task Force, which is a supranational organization that nobody voted for. Nobody knows how they make decisions. Nobody knows why they make decisions, but they put out these guidelines and it gets adopted by regulatory agencies and, and governments around the world without any pushback at all. You have a bunch of yeah. um, unknown I mean, people making rules for you and making your, your living experience worse. And as Matt and I always say, these KYC AML laws are not effective at all. Criminals are going to criminal. The data collection is never secure. All that data, your personal identifying information, home address, email address, social security number, bank account numbers, all of that gets held in these databases. And then guess what? They get hacked by criminals who take that information and use it to commit identity fraud and steal money from you and do things in your name. Theft, other- persecution, identity theft, fraud. And then on top of that, Bitcoin, obviously, if it continues to appreciate in value, all that personal identifying information is very dangerous Lock to have down. out there, especially from if exchanges are collecting it. Somebody can go hack that exchange, see, hey, I saw that Steve bought 800 Bitcoin over the course of the last five years and sent them to these addresses. Oh, guess what? We have his, we have his home address as well. I'm going to go knock up on his door with a gun and a rope and put him in his closet until he tells me where all those 800 Bitcoin are. Or you bought a Bible and we want to kill Christians. Or you bought a Quran and we want to kill Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. Or you bought something gay related and we want to kill gay people. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's uh, like persecution is often done through financial transactions. It's very common. Yeah. And Um, people at the financial action task force are working to make it. This shit is going to happen. Like the. Everything just got sped up because of all the sanctions stuff. They're going to use it as a, we always thought it was going to be a terrorist attack. Instead, it was a Russian attack. And now it's going to be like they're going to speed this up. Like if you don't have self, first step first, self custody. A bunch of friends that I've been fucking incessant on for years about getting their coins off of Coinbase. 
getting them off of custodial exchanges have finally moved them off in the last week, two weeks, first because of Canada and now because of this. And I would say like, uh, time is running out. Like I think uh, maybe I'm just being a fear monger about it. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but private Bitcoin usage is, is about to come under attack very, very hard. Um, and it's going to start at, at very tight, more tightened KYC, which is hard to believe, but it's going to get even worse. Um, then it's going to involve withdrawals and stuff. And then they're going to start attacking people that are trying to use it, um, in a P2P way in a self-custody P2P way. And, uh, I think long-term it will be a failed attempt, but, uh, I think a lot of people will get burnt in the process. Agreed. Agreed. It's happening. It's gonna, it's gonna get worse. But I, I too agree that's going to be a temporary, ephemeral attempt to to control the Bitcoin network. Uh, but it could get hairy uh, for some people. And on another positive note, um, a anonymous dev released a new P two P exchange uh, that has no KYC called RoboSats. It's Tor only. Um, very simple. You can kind of imagine it as a, a simpler version of something like BISC. Um, or in, and um, it uses HODL invoices, lightning HODL invoices. Um, so it's an onion address because it's Tor only, so we can't say the domain out loud, but it will be in the show notes. Uh, but you basically like post an offer and then you post your escrow using a lightning HODL invoice. Um, the fiat is exchanged and then the balance is settled. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Lightning only, Tor only. Yeah, it's pretty dope. So these these HODL invoices, right? They allow you to hold uh, Sats basically in an escrow account for X period of time. In this if, case, it's six hours. Yeah, if the if the goods aren't if the cash isn't delivered within that six hours, you get your Sats back. If you're selling the Bitcoin, if you send right. the cash within the six hours, you're going to get the Bitcoin that you purchase. Your dog's happy. Correct. Or, your dog's happy. They and I, take I think there's I think there's like a Bitcoin collateral. Uh, on I think both sides put are putting up collateral, I believe. Hell yeah. To reduce fraud. You just came in here to bark? She was barking in the other room and then she just walked in here just to bark. Hey, what's up, cutie? She I have can't. no idea what's going on out there. She, Hopefully, you know. She can't hear me. Okay. Yeah. No, no she I, doesn't have a headphone in. I've got Ty and Parker on the ground, like waving at me right now in the comments. Oh, what up, Ty? Um, Ty was trolling me in my telegram chat. The uh what was I going to say? Car, can you pull up Glassnode exchange flows? When you were mentioning that your friends are pulling sats off exchanges finally after incessantly um, annoying them for years and made me curious of what the exchange I think that's just bullshit. I don't know if you can really... <laughs> well, let's just see what it's saying. I don't know if you can really take anything from it. I just want to see what it's saying. Just for... Because it doesn't isolate like the regulated custodian. So if you send from like Coinbase to Coinbase custody, it counts as an exchange flow out. So that's bullshit. It's completely useless. Advanced, dude. We're not gonna pay for it. Oh no. Um do you see the Bitcoin Bitmex founders pled guilty? Yeah. I'm surprised they did this. Six to twelve Six, months in jail. Yeah. Well, Earth. that's like that's like the uh, the fact that they pled guilty, they might not get the full time or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but like they were looking at five plus years or something like that. 
Um, it's $10 million each in fine, which on the fine side seems like kind of a slap on the wrist and then right. six to 12 months prison um, for not doing proper KYC AML. They weren't doing any, but um, yeah, end of an era. End of an era. Six to 12 months. I doubt they do time, but if they do, get your prison swell on, boys. You get to, well, I get think that. Della was, uh, wasn't he being held for a while? Yeah, already. He, he was so the like one usually who was, they do time served. He was the one who was apprehended at Boston, right? Yeah, he was the one based in America. Is that Samuel Reed? I think, oh, right. Della was the British one. Yeah. I don't know. This fence in his indictment. It's going to violate the Bank Secrecy Act. The Bank Secrecy Act. Gosh, we need to abolish the Bank Secrecy Act. Which is actually the opposite of what it sounds like. It means banks give you no secrecy. <laughs> it's a dragnet surveillance uh, system on top of the banking. System. Let's, um, let's get to shout outs. I'm getting too blackpilled right now. I can't. Yeah, let's get to shout outs. I'm getting, I, to be fair, pretty much everything else on the list is positive. Good. I front loaded the depressing shit. I need some positive vibes in my life. And this is this is positive. This is the Kansas City Bitcoiner sending out a bat signal to all freaks out there. If you ever, if you're ever in beautiful Kansas City, come find us at kcbitcoiners.com. That's kcbitcoiners.com or at kcbitcoiners on Twitter. We have two meetups per month, with which range from casual social meetups to presentations on Bitcoin and Lightning to guest speakers like Brian Harrington, who spoke at our last meetup. We have a few upcoming events we'd like to plug: Guerra from Ronan Dojo is speaking on Bitcoin privacy with Samurai Wallet and Ronan Dojo on March 22nd. That is in three weeks, or a little less than three weeks. Graham from Voltage will be speaking on April 19th. That's next month. And we also have Kansas City's first Bitcoin block party on Sunday, April 24th to help support local vendors and artists using Bitcoin. To any freaks out there interested in starting their own local meetup, feel free to reach out to, to us for tips. Come on in, Ty. Thanks, Matt and Marty, for all that you do. Bullish on meetups, bullish on Bitcoiners. Peace and love. KC Bitcoiners. P.S. Marty, you're welcome for www.whoisklausschwab.com. This is pretty dope. Go to whoisklausschwab.com. Goes to tftc.io. Thank you for that, guys. I really appreciate it. So we still don't know who the fuck he is. We don't know who he is. We got Ty in here. He's trying to put on headphones. He's got a mic. Ty. Have him join us for the rest of the episode. He, he's not going to be on don't, camera, but he's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want Ty Shoegate. He was on camera for another RHR. <laughs> just shoot me. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. I stand with the ties. Can you hear Matt? Yeah, uh, kind of. Very low. What up, Ty? You, oh, wow, that's coming in hot. There we go. Hey, hey, everybody. How was your? Uh, how was your apartment search? Um, it was good, but. Uh, I had a wrench thrown into everything because I just viewed a very nice apartment mm -hmm. and I didn't intend on like liking it, but man, it is fucking sweet. I got to show you pictures. Ty's going to get a dope apartment in Austin. It's going to be sweet. You, be Ty was always going to get a baller apartment. <laughs> <laughs> always has been. Ty, what are your thoughts on the state of the world right now? I'm, I'm pretty black-pilled after the first no. hour and a half. Yeah, I had a uh, I had um, breakfast with Tanguma, and he's like, oh, Marty just uh, sent me a message. Like, everything's fucked. I'm like, dude, we got to <laughs> give him a nice white pill. I do need a white pill. You I do. do. Yeah, dude, we're was, winning. That's why they're doing all this crazy shit. It's because we're winning. 
But they're they're in a corner. What, okay, how do you how do you view the state of the world and uh, what is? I'm, I'm not worried about Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm not worried about Bitcoin. I don't need a Bitcoin white pill. I just need like a, a humanity well, white pill right now. It's well, all it's all pretty fucked. Well, I mean, when has the world not been fucked? Is the question right? Mm-hmm. So like. In the 1940s, Truth. we were on the precipice of like annihilation. In the 1970s, we were as well. There was a brief period in the 90s where things were like, yeah, okay. You know, after, you know, the wall fell, right? The Berlin Wall and the Soviet Union fell. And now we're back to annihilation, right? Yeah. So it's like, from our perspective as um, millennials, right? Like we didn't get the whole like Cold War thing. I'm a coddled 90s baby. Right, Exactly. So you're getting that like, oh shit, you know, the world is going to go to shit sort of feeling for the first time, like for real. All right, Ty. Now you're making me feel better. I'm Good. just, I'm just being a pussy. Good. I'm a coddled nineties baby. <laughs> just suck it up and just accept the fact that the world is always going to be tumultuous. Tumultuous? Is that Tumult- the word? That, that's yeah. not the word. Well, I'm no, it for. won't be. We're going to make the world better. We're going to make it better. I think we are. Yeah. We can stop the cycle. We need We're- more localism. Yes. Citadel theory. Let's fucking go. That's why you need to get to Austin, Matt. Free open source software. (laughs) I think you can both help out. We're on our second shout out and last shout out of the week. I have a tremendous level of respect for you and Matt dedicating your precious time and energy to producing quality signal for the sovereign man. And in regards to becoming more sovereign, I have a question regarding BISC. What is your opinion on the Zelle payment option? It quote unquote requires that the name of your account matches your bank account from which you are making the transfer. Have not tried using any other platform, or excuse me, have not tried using any other payment method yet. I see the most obvious quote unquote threat is that the person from which you are purchasing the Bitcoin via Zelle is pressured into revealing your name on Zelle if he is pressured to disclose his Bitcoin transactions. Please advise. Thanks again. And I hope your Citadels prosper for eternity. Well, I thank you for that. That, that kind wish for, for the prosperity of our citadels. I too wish that. White pill. Yeah, so essentially, if you're using BISC, buying Bitcoin, you're using the Zelle option. Obviously, when you Zelle somebody, they're going to have your name or your email address or your phone number. If that person that sold you the Bitcoin so, gets caught or, caught or gets in a situation where the feds are like, all right, we know you have these Bitcoin and these addresses. You sent this Bitcoin to this address, which is owned to the person who bought Bitcoin from them over Zelle, tell us where that is. Is that a single point of failure? Yes, so Bit- technically, but... Do you want to answer it? I was going to say yes, technically. Like, it could happen, but I think it's very... It's, so, a, it's so, much harder. There's a lot of detective work that needs you to, to get you there. Well, there's nuance here, right? So BISC <laughs> is a tool, right? And it has many options for users. And on the fiat side is the most difficult side, right? Because Bitcoin is programmable money. And this is what I talked about when we first had Wiz on 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 tftc however many years ago that was um the ironic thing about bisc uh as bitcoiners is it actually works better for trading shit coins because on both sides is programmable money and the fiat side is the difficult side um but with fiat you have all these different options now you have one where you can do cash in person um or cash in mail that is obviously the easier one I mean, it's the, more, the most private one, not necessarily the easier one, right? And then you have all these different bank fiat options. You can do like um, another one that is more private is like U.S. postal orders, mm-hmm. where you can go to a post office and they give you a U.S. postal order and then that's, that's how you pay. Um, and you can do that with cash. And nowadays you can wear a mask when you do it. 
Um, but with the bank account ones, obviously your financial institution knows you're sending it to that person. Um, and that person knows to a degree where it's coming from the financial institution. Uh, what you, the benefit you do get over a KYC exchange in that situation is you're reducing the honeypot risk where basically like someone like Coinbase basically just has a massive list of Bitcoiners and their withdrawal history um, and all that, all those addresses that go about it. Right. So you have this actual like very hard and fast um, honeypot of data that lists all of these Bitcoiners and all of our transaction history. And that can just be like basically like fed into the system. Uh, it can be fed into like all these chain surveillance systems, stuff like that. While with BISC, you know, even if you're using like the bank account option, uh, some of the bank account options, including Zelle, you have, um, they're, they're all in, independent trade partners, right? And so each one basically is getting, getting pressured. Um, I've always been basically turned off by all the bank account ones. Um, gift cards is another option. I know it just sounds janky as hell. On RoboSats, for instance, you can use, you can use gift cards so you can get like, a Visa gift card or like an Amazon gift card, and you can do that in the trade. Um, and like, you know, in that situation, you you would obviously have more privacy uh, than using like one of these, you know, traditional financial setups. Um, and also, once again, I just really like ATMs for buying. I think ATMs are underappreciated. Do you have anything to add there, Ty? Um. As far as Zelle goes, I've always been kind of, um, you know, so like my name is very recognizable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is like very far-fetched, but, you know, and like using BISC, using Zelle, you know, obviously the, uh, the person on the other end has my name, right? So it's like, oh, I just sold, you know, Bitcoin to Tai Kawamoto would be, you know, like a weird thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and like you can Google my name and it's like, boom, it's like the first thing that comes it's up. you. Right. Yes. But if you're like I, John Smith, Zell. it's like, who's John Smith? You know, like, I don't even think my bank supports Zelle. I think a lot of banks. That's interesting bank for does, the yeah. Zelle specific does. one. So yeah. whenever you pay someone on Zelle, period, it always just says who the other Zelle account's name is. I right. paid you. Yep. Yeah. The, um, that's the other thing. Zelle's got a limit too. I think it's like 2000 a day. It, it depends on the bank. Okay. Yeah. Bank of America's 2000 So just fuck. So, would you say it's just safe to just say just don't use don't use Zelle? I mean, it is it is so it, it it is a single point of failure. It is much like you said. It reduces the honeypot risk of going through a KYC right. exchange. You have to find somebody would have to be going after the individual you buy the Bitcoin from. They'd uh, they'd have to be like, all right, we know that you have this Bitcoin and you sent this particular UTXO to this address, and you don't control that address anymore. Who is it? And then. You, I mean, that individual would have to give you up. Be like, all right, it's this guy on Zelle. Um, but there is a possibility. He's like, fuck you. I'm not telling you. Uh, yeah. I just, I bought something on, I bought a VPN or something like that. Um, the, the other thing we don't talk about with BISC, I feel like we don't talk about enough, is that BISC is a very distinct on-chain footprint. Um, it's very obvious on-chain you use BISC because of the way they do the multi-sig. Um, so just keep that in mind that if you... And it can be actually a benefit. You know, there's like a lot of fear mongering, like, oh, if you buy like tainted or mixed coins on BISC, it, it's very obvious to say, like, look on chain, like, no, I bought these on BISC. 
Um, but also the reverse can happen where if someone's trying to, you know, say that like they just don't want to receive Biscoins, you know, someone like a BlockFi or something like that, um, they can see it immediately on chain. It's very obvious on chain you use BISC. Or if you try and sell from Coinbase, if you take like coins from a KYC exchange and try and sell on Coinbase, I sell on BISC um, without doing any kind of, you know, collaborative transactions or coin join or anything like that. Um, that KYC exchange and their chain surveillance partners will also know you use BISC. Yeah, and sometimes they flag that because they don't want people yeah. trying to do like trade ar- arbitrage using these these exchanges. Has it has that ever I, been an issue with BISC? What that it's obvious on chain. Yeah, but, like just being flagged for uh, what is it? Just a simple two two multi sig. Well, supposedly we had that one user from BlockFi who got caught, uh, not caught, but like he got liquidated on BlockFi because they rejected <laughs> his deposit that was from BISC. Mm-hmm. And presumably that was because they saw the on-chain footprint. Oh. Well, fuck yeah. And then he got liquidated and they took his money. So there was like two fuck, fuck yous there we, by BlockFi. We wound up one. talking about that last week, right? Because we missed it the week before. No, I, we talked about it when it happened. Okay, yeah. I think it was three weeks ago or something. That's such a fucked up situation. Um, Dude said he lost more than like half a stash. That's that's why I really like this RoboSats thing because it's lightning only and it's Tor only. And it's kind of clean with a gift card. Yeah, and let's talk about RoboSats more. I mean, like like you said, this is the way to do it. You get a NIM doing it over Tor using the, like, the light, whether it's lightning or on-chain is... Inconsequential, not inconsequential, was not as big a deal to me as somebody because we were talking about it during the Canadian truckers. Like, love everybody involved, Ben, Greg Foss, Jeff Booth in that fundraiser, but they they put a target on their back. Like the dude or woman who created RoboSats, the fact that it's a NIM, they've just created this technology that works. It, it's much more robust and and anti fragile and resistant to attack. And say I will can, say that I'm pretty sure RoboSats is custodial. Someone told me it was custodial. I haven't tested it out yet, um, but just keep that in mind. I I think that the actual escrow part is is custodial, but I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, you're it would have to be right. You're you're depending on somebody to say, all right, we, I've got an escrow. Well, BISC isn't the person receiving the. Yeah, I mean, that's a different BISC escrow is a two of two multi sig. Yeah. But the light, the way HODL invoices work on the Lightning Network, they inherently demand like third-party intervention, I believe. Because that's a uh, car. What's the um, the escrow company that is being built? Lightning up? escrow, but that's Lightning not escrow. custodial. So Super Tesla does that. I think he's talking to them to implement it. I don't think theirs is custodial. I think it is Lightning escrow. I think no, it's it's uh, it's non-custodial. Non-custodial. Yeah. Oh. yeah. My bad. Misspoke there. Lightning escrow. I'm sorry. They were the ones I was talking to about it. And yeah. they were like, no, it's just RoboSats is custodial. Hmm. I love I those guys. Super, super stocking to them, trying to get them to. Us. Well, well, anyway, freaks, everything has trade offs. You got to. Well, the point I was trying to make is I want to see more services it. launched by NIMS. Yeah, I like Don over Tour. Agreed. Yeah. So this is a good step in the right direction in that regard. Um, we'll blow through software updates real quick. Got it on my phone. But I only put very few there, and we shouldn't blow through them. Yeah, Zeus had a major update. Zeus version 0.6.0. Our boy Evan working so the, hard. LNUR, all support. There, 
Yeah. NFC support. Let's go. Yeah, the big one is tap to pay NFC uh, and then lightning address support. And then there's a new routing view that's really cool. Amp's pretty um, big too. And then I have, well, Amp is L&D only. And then I have um, I have the new Umbral update there and the new Raspi Blitz update there. And the reason, uh, the big highlight for both of them is they have this new join market web UI um, that Dennis Ryman, Gigi, and a bunch of other guys have been working on to make it easier to use join market. Um, that is available now on the latest versions of Raspi Blitz and Umbral. Uh, just keep in mind that it's extremely alpha. It connects to the IRC servers that use, are used for coordination uh, via ClearNet. So it doxes your IP address to the IRC servers. And um, you know, just be aware and just consider it's alpha. Consider it a testing thing right now. You're using it for testing. Um, but it's cool because it's, it's MIT licensed, proper free open source project. Um, so any of these node projects can implement it. Um, as they see fit. Wasn't there a bounty for that? Yeah, there's a bounty that I helped set up with uh, uh, with uh, Carmen and uh, HRF. Are you paying it out to them? Uh, we have to talk to them about how they want us to split it up because there's a bunch of contributors there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we that conversation hasn't happened yet. But uh, they're gonna you're gonna the, ba- the bounty safe. The bounty is is secure and uh, it will be paid out. Uh, so you're paying out the bounty to this for this. Presumably, I, I I have to talk to HRF. I have to talk to the contributors. It seems to me that it it fits the bill. Okay, sweet. I am I am I am a I am I am merely one one key holder. Get on it. Get on it. Bounties. Sweet. Bounties. And Big I deal. you know I lost my key, so hopefully they have. They have their keys. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just uh, fucking around. We mentioned it earlier, but uh, we'll just say it again. Sparrow version 1.6.0 has been released. That's the version with the bit 47 implemented. A uh, bunch of bug fixes. Added a bit 39 option to file import wallet. Sounds pretty important. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we go on the block. Cash App, uh, they reported 1.96 billion in Bitcoin sales last quarter. That's sales, gross sales, uh, uh, which is pretty big. It's a, it's a lot of flows. A lot what was of it out? Sets. What was it last quarter? It, There's a chart there. Look yeah, at the go chart. down. When it's up from last quarter, quarter on quarter, it's up right. from 1.815 billion to 1.96. So, uh, but it's point, down from the peak. Yeah, the peak was uh, probably the beginning of last year, I would imagine. Yes, in Q1 2021, which was, keep zooming in car a little bit, two, or excuse me, 3.51 billion. Um, so ways to go to get back there. Uh, Intel's new ASIC expected to be cheaper and 15% more efficient than the S19 Pro. That's come from Tom's Hardware. Again, I'll believe it when I see it. Intel CEO came out and he was a big like ESG LARPer. Like blockchain is going to change the world. He was like LARPing like we're we're helping reduce the carbon footprint. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Do you think they'll sell to individuals or is it going to be uh, the big players only? I imagine at first it'll be big boys. Boo. 
But this may be like the Toyota Camry of the Bitcoin mining industry, which is what like Steve Barber has been begging for for some time. Something that's cheaper. So the yeah. the head the headline the headline was fifteen percent more efficient and half the cost of the S nineteen Pro. Um, but it's ba- I believe it's based off the grid grid's SEC filing. So just because grid got a discount that's half doesn't wow. mean like like market prices will dictate basically where the hardware sells for. So Yeah, and who knows when they inked um, that deal. They could have inked that deal in like July of last year when ASIC prices were significantly lower than they are right now. That's why I just said cheaper. Yeah. But at least according like efficiency is a pretty hard number. It's like an objective number. Yeah. So we'll see. If it's if it's fifteen percent more efficient than the S nineteen Pro, then the Intel really Bonanza impressive. mine too, 135 terahash a second. So that's on par with the S19 XP. It's supposed to be released in like July of this year. Is that confirmed or is that just speculation? The uh, the numbers for that? Uh, you only confirm when you plug them in, but that's but what yeah. they're marketing, right? Yeah. That's not bad. It is way more efficient though. Hmm. What's the uh, uh, S19X? What does that say? The... S19JXP has 140 terahertz a second. I fucking hate the naming scheme. 30,000. <laughs> so what the fuck, 3,010 watts. Yeah. It's, like I give Apple a lot of shit, but at least their fucking naming schemes make sense. Yeah. Intel Bonanza mine too. Can they just go up a number every time? I don't know. It, it's you know, like the plus pluses. Oh, the what's yes. minor is even worse. Yeah. What's, what's minor is even worse. Yeah, the plus plus. I have plus. no fucking idea what yeah. any of the numbers mean. I get so confused. The lower the number, the better. So like the 30 is better than the 31 and the 32, which is dumb. No, but the 20 is worse. Well, the 20 well, yeah, is just yeah. older gen. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so like so within the same the gen, like the 30 is like the best one. The 30S++. Plus plus is, yeah, S++. Plus plus. I, I've got plus 30S++ plus plus is that were marketed at 100 terash a second that are chugging at 105. Got a little very nice. 5% more than marketed on the box. Uh, and hey, brains. When fucking what's minor? <laughs> when what's minor? When's it coming? When two Intel. Week, two weeks. When in, yeah, if you guys have Intel firmware before what's minor firmware, I'm gonna be very pissed. We're not friends anymore. There was a lot of teasing going on uh, a couple months ago, but uh, I, I feel like it's coming soon. People are playing with it yeah. from what I hear. Okay, two weeks. Two, two weeks. TM. Disclaimer Brains is sponsor of the show. Uh, Wait, are they? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Will Brains wow. announce at their conference? Man, I hope we don't have to wait until their conference, which is happening in uh, the Czech Republic in Prague, June 15th. I fucking love Prague. Prague is such a good city. Yeah. High signal conference. I will not be there, unfortunately. Yeah, my, my wife is giving birth to our next child. Um, can you shut those damn dogs up? Nope. Drive <laughs> impossible. Uh, They're in else? another room. Can you hear them very clearly? Oh yeah. Uh, and then this month in we Bitcoin have, privacy yeah. is out. Our girl Janine has that Thank out. Thank you, Janine. I appreciate you. She got this one out. She rather took a quickly. couple month hiatus. Yeah, so this it's one guy. Usually takes a couple weeks into the month for her to release prior months. This month in Bitcoin privacy, this one's out. It's got eight stories. Uh, Talking about overflow with Wabi Sabi. I'm not going to read them all. Just go read them. We're going to link to it in the show notes. And I'm not going to read the link either because it's very hard to pronounce. And it, yeah, I'm not going to try. He's about to do it. Uh, and then our friend 
Alex Gladstein wrote another long, incredible piece for Bitcoin Magazine called The Invisible Cost of War in the Age of Quantitative Easing. Through increasingly unscrupulous monetary policy, U.S. government officials mask the cost of war from the American public. Bitcoin could fix this. It may fix this. This is uh, another in Alex's long series of, of human rights pieces on BitcoinMagazine.com. And I hear they have a conference uh, in Miami coming up April 6th to 9th. Disclaimer, sponsor of the podcast as well. Ty. Hopefully, uh, uh, right. now that Putin's killed COVID, uh, we can remove the... <laughs> Uh, foreigners requiring vaxes to come into the United States uh, before the conference would be great. Can we please? Um, I heard a rumor actually uh, flying this week that the uh, uh, airlines mask mandates are be done in like twelve days. It, yeah, you want to? I, that, I that, heard that it from happen. a reliable source. Too. Did, did you? Yeah. yeah. Well, not twelve days. Wait, what's today's date? The thirteenth or fifteenth? It's the third. I heard on the 15th. No, I heard uh, the 22nd. 20, why? Why well, are these arbitrary? Why know, not it's... now? Why not now? I was, walking well, through the, I was walking through the Denver airport today, the only one without a mask on. Like, it's funny, like walking out, walking to the airport without a mask and you just like have other dudes looking at you like, ah, oh, fuck, I feel like such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 they look down at their kid. Their kid has a mask on. Well, the I'm enforcement look, like, in look, the airports isn't that bad. But no, but people planes, still do it. If you get the wrong stewardess on the plane, man, it is fucking infuriating. No, I, excuse I, me, it's, they're called flight attendants now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, thank, I you was, for, was, thank you for keeping me straight on that one, Ty. I'm glad we have you here. I was lucky today. My flight attendants didn't care. I just ripped it. I had like a nice coffee. I was like pretending to drink. Yeah, I had a good flight attendant on the way back, but on the way down, it was bad. I don't know. I'm not so optimistic. I mean, that would be fucking fire. It needs that. I, like, I it doesn't, hope it gets pulled up. But I like, don't I'm do so anything. It doesn't matter, don't do Marty. anything. Yeah, well, neither does yeah. TSA. I mean, we've known that for like years. Yeah, it's already. We don't, we don't need so woke. We don't need the TSA. All we needed was the fucking reinforced cockpit doors and no one was ever going to get into the cockpit again. But here we are, you know, fucking 20 years after September 11th and we still have the fucking TSA. Yeah, taking the shoes so, off. I mean, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but... Uh, are we going to go tinfoil session around here? The uh -oh. argument isn't uh -oh. logic. Did you guys see the, uh, the new angle of the second plane hitting the building? Did you see that? I, I saw it. Did you see the yeah, Did you see it. the comment section of that YouTube video? Uh, I saw it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the timing was weird. Very right? weird. But at the same time, it's like, what is you know? We're just speculating at this point. Like, yeah. yeah and the song that they used was supposed, like, supposedly, like, uh, what do they use? What song was it? Uh, I forget. Yeah. But like, I don't know. And then he has some, like he has like other meaning. videos that he posted with like cryptic titles and uh, it's just really weird yeah there's a he's definitely full of shit when he said like i accidentally left it private for 20 years and just realized was youtube even out in 2020 yes 2001? of course marty yeah it was. youtube is existed in 2001 no not in 2001 i think it came yeah, out it in like 2005 i thought it came out in 2004 or something yeah like that. something yeah. like that yeah not 2001 yeah so I caught, know, caught it in a lie caught in an obvious lie that's what he said, right? He said he left it on private. On private on for 20 years. I don't think YouTube's been around for 20 years. Car. Someone look it up. Freak, look it up. 2005. A freak says 2005. 2005, yeah. So it hasn't even been around yeah. for 20 years. Motherfucker. Yeah, I wouldn't put any more thought into this one. Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> I had this that was a pretty crazy video. 
It was. I had a conversation last night with somebody I, I thought would know this. They, they didn't know there was three buildings that fell that day. They didn't know there were three buildings. Everyone always forgets World Trade Center 7. Yeah, there was three. The mayor's bunker was in there. And the mayor wasn't in there. Giuliani wasn't in there. No, of course not. I had Giuliani like one of my tweets the other day. I was like, God damn it, what am I doing here? Fucking Rudy Giuliani like in my tweets. So <laughs> What are you doing, I got, man? I got to stop. <laughs> Ty, what's would, on your mind? Anyway, I would love if the mask mandate gets pulled off. That would be, I would be caught off guard in a good, the best way ever. It uh, needs on to. Planes. Let's, let's see that happen. Yeah. Um, do you think, all right. So, and then if that do you happens, think the vaccine, do you think the vaccine requirement for, so as an American, I had to take a negative test before coming back into the country. And it was like the biggest like sham negative test ever. Like you just pay like a guy like $75 and he's like, take your negative test. And then he's like, okay, you're negative. Here's your certificate. And they give it to you. And you, there's like a whole rent seeking industry that has popped up like in these fucking places to do it now. Yeah. Car pulled this up. TSA extends the face mask requirement through March 18th. That's annoying. Well, wasn't it supposed to sunset before then? So well they extended it through march 18th but it's supposed to be done will you go spank your dog please <laughs> that's just gonna make her bark more i know that's what you yeah no it's just it's it's time to end it i mean yeah. the face masks don't do anything the vaccines are hurting people yeah see a youtube i don't care um, we're live on rumble now too well do you think if they pull the, the the mask requirements on planes Uber will get rid of their requirements because that's the stupidest thing. For me, yeah. like I don't wear a mask on in Ubers at all. Neither do I. And I haven't for like over I a year. I can't believe I haven't gotten kicked off of Uber yet. I Same have like here, so many, they're like I've had like 20 third strikes or whatever. They're like, this is your last strike. <laughs> <laughs> they want your money. I had it yesterday morning when I was fucking going to my flight in Denver. Like tried to hop in without a mask. He's like, where's your mask? I was like, shut up and drive. <laughs> 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 Shut up and take me to the airport. Keep your mask on, sheep. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of it. And then today, another thing, I was in the airport, I took a piss it on Twitter, but like sitting there and getting ready to go up to the TSA guy, and you just see like the keep your social distancing sticker on a carpet, similar to like faded, carpet. right? Yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's just like the vestige of. They're yeah, like a, we're gonna see them for like the next five years, still, yeah. like little faded ones. Like how stupid were we? Like people actually produce stickers and put them on carpets. And Please stay six feet away. Oh, yeah. And then people were actually staying six feet away. It's like ah, it's gonna help me not get the virus. And you're like in a fucking airport too, so like it's not <laughs> like you're ever gonna have distance from other people. Yeah. So dumb. Like they cram you on the planes. The aisles get smaller and smaller every fucking time I get on a plane. Oh, that's it. Like the, we, I already felt like cattle when I flew commercial, and then. Like you're flying coach or whatever. And now it's just with the mask thing, you feel even more like cattle. It's so dehumanizing. Well, All experiences are dehumanizing. Well, it's like a slow creep. It is. I mean, it's like, are, are they making fun of us? Are they just trying to humiliate us? Because you literally are cattle herded. In the and then the rich people just get on fucking private planes and don't do any of this shit. They don't yeah. have TSA. They don't have fucking masks. They Their aisles are massive. When are we starting? The, the aisle thing really line? pissed me off on this one. It was so small. <laughs> I think they're yeah, I'm not a large person. Yeah. yeah. If anybody uh, is building the Bitcoin airline, reach out to uh, to us at 1031. We're interested. 
I think uh, no, that guy. No one wants to be in the airline business. Let them fucking. Well, do they're it doing like um, private plane shares. I think somebody's working on that. Yeah. I think uh, John Cheneau from I think he's in Miami or whatever. Yeah, he's uh, doing that. He was like legitimately like getting his pilot's license and stuff to do. Yeah, I believe we should all get our pilot's license. We should. I just had a bad Roy Holiday joke there, but I'm not going to say it. Well, anyway, I hope that uh, <laughs> he uh, he died on a plane, right? Yeah, that's why it was a poor taste joke. Yeah. He died with uh, La Bamba guy, right? I thought it was they alone. They were on the same plane together? I thought he was alone. I thought it was a single single person, like a little prop, prop jet. Yeah. Well, what do I know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, to bring it back to the conference shill, uh, hopefully the vaccine mandate for foreigners gets lifted. Hopefully the mask mandate for all flight travel gets lifted. And if you still want to wear a mask, wear your mask, but like don't require it for everyone else. Uh, and uh, I've been helping them iron out the agenda for like this last week. Just like it's fucking straight fire. It is going to be fucking awesome. Um, so I'm super pumped for it. The open source stage is basically just going to be like three days of Citadel dispatch, uh, <laughs> in like the best way possible. Are you monitoring um, so the I'm stage just, the whole time? I'm really excited for it. I'm going to do like, uh, like an intro outro or whatever, but, uh, not going to be like emceeing it. Awesome. Cause that just sounds insane. When is the, uh, um, the, the schedule coming? It'll out? be good. It'll be great. And me and Marty are going to do rabbit hole recap. It looks like, on the 7th. Don't hold us to it exactly, but it'll probably be on the 7th. We're going to close out. Uh, we're going to close out the open source stage. Um, live, Robert will recap. I saw Michaela Peterson speaking. Yes. <laughs> About what? <laughs> I don't know exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I'm not at liberty to say the specific things that haven't been announced yet. But yes, the agenda, to answer Ty's question, the agenda should be posted um, shortly, um, there are a lot of speakers. There are <laughs> hey, there's a you. bunch of stages. So uh, it is a very complicated process, and just wanted to get you know the best the best layout possible. There, hey, there's me. Um, is a very stressful, stress inducing thing. But the team over there is working hard, and they're trying to make the best experience possible. And once again, don't share it on Twitter, but if you haven't bought a ticket, you can use code open source for 21% off. <laughs> Marty, we don't we don't get anything <laughs> if they use the TFTC code and then they get they get fucking they, no, we they do. have to yeah, disclaimer, more. We, we do get stuff. If you want to support the pod TFTC, 10% off. But yes, uh, open source 21%. We don't get anything off. from that. Yes, we do. What do you think we get from them using the code? We get, I mean, talking business on air here. Yeah, we get and get a little portion. I don't think we do. Oh, I I negotiate the contract. We do. Okay. <laughs> someone at the company told me I wasn't involved in that deal. Someone in the company told me we don't. We know well, so that somebody's wrong. Um, okay. Well, anyway, freaks, twenty one percent off if you want it. And that was talking um, business on RHR. And then, uh, I mean, you should check the contract. <laughs> I mean, I'm 100% certain. Yeah, let's do it right now. Yeah, pull let's it pull out. it out. Uh, pull up the contract car. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> and then the other thing is, if you're an open source contributor to the 32 projects listed on the conference website, uh, you're eligible for a free ticket. Um, 
you're eligible for a free ticket, uh, b.tc, then search. If you just type into DuckDuckGo, b.tc, space, open source, it'll come up to the page. You press the apply now button. Uh, it might take you a little while to receive your ticket because I literally have to manually approve each one and verify your GitHub username. Kind of a pain in the ass process, but it's for a good cause to support our open source contributors. And then last but not least, you do get 30% off just if you buy with Bitcoin as well. So we're going to consider this a mid mid roll mid roll Adrian b.tc slash conference. Yeah, but the open source page is different, right? It is. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be dope. Security going to be good. Yeah, security is going to be very good. Right. Better than last year. Very good. Um, yeah. yeah. Is there, is going to like, we're going to have long lines this year? No, there's more line entry points. I, I, I you know. Look, it's I'm not running the conference. I'm a consultant, but uh, there's there's a lot of line entry points this year. There's pre-registration. Uh, a lot of lessons were learned after last year. Hopefully, yeah, it's not going to uh, be as hot too. Being an yeah, it's not going to be as hot just because the month is different and also yeah. the whole venue is indoors. I don't know. I was just down there um, last week. It's pretty fucking hot. Oh, is there. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, literally, it was like the hottest month of the year last time. Do we and it's have- going to actually be on Miami Beach instead of inland. Do we have pulpits scattered around the conference so Max Kaiser can get up there and just start screaming? <laughs> Does he have to climb up? No, but we should. That's a good idea. A you should have suggested that earlier. It's like we random pulpits that earlier. where anybody can just walk up and just start screaming at everybody walking through the conference. It's a great idea. Yeah. Ty, what's on your mind? What is on my mind? Huh? Just moving is on my mind. That's I've been losing sleep over. Why are you moving? Yeah, moving. Why am I moving? Yes. This is the uh, the Bitcoin capital of planet Earth, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, doesn't that answer itself? But is there, are you running away from something too? Uh, are you coming? Are to you something? trying to? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're are trying you coming? To coke something out of me? Yeah. Well, look. Uh, you know, New York, that whole area. It's uh, you know, a lot of us have moved out of the area because of the craziness, um, including Marty, including Marty. And uh, um, you know, the Vax Pass stuff is still going on, even though. Uh, the new mayor, Mayor Adams, he admitted doesn't do shit. So, but also like, look, as somebody who loves that area, and I know you you guys do too. Love the area. But, you know, you can't rely on the jurisdiction anymore to be stable. So if you want to like start anything, like be it a business or like, you know, like raise a family, right? Like you can't do that unless you know the jurisdiction is not going to be like, oh, by the way, next week, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z. And, uh, you know, you have no recourse. You have no, you know, like we're just going to do it unilaterally. Yeah. Um, and that's what they did with COVID, with all the, uh, the the mandates and like the shutdowns and stuff like that. So if they can do that, um, what's to say they're not going to do that for something else in the future, like climate change or whatever. Yeah. And Adams is pushing uh, meat-free Fridays throughout oh, yeah. the city as well. That's so dumb. After de Blasio already instituted meatless Mondays, they have... Two out of three, two out of five school days where the kids can't eat meat. On a semi-positive note, do you think now that Putin killed COVID, like <laughs> we got out of the, um, like we're not going to have like the different uh, variations with just constant happening over and over again? Like, do you think? Because that was the plan, right? Like that was we talked about that many times. So that was you know the variants. Like after Omicron, we're going to get another variant, well, and they're going to well, be like. This is how it works. Vaccines back, you know, restaurants close. Does it come back or are we we good? It comes back. They just keep this in their back pocket. Now that's just like another 
another arrow in the quiver. They've, they've what taken do you think, it, Ty? They've taken out the Russian arrow and they're they're shooting that now. They'll probably pull climate change and then like at some point in the future, they'll be, oh, COVID's back. Well, you know, COVID is going to be around for ever. ever. It's endemic. But I mean yeah. like the restrictions, not the actual. I, no, I, I think we're, I, I think we're beyond that. But I think that, you know, a lot of people made a name for themselves as like the COVID people. And they're going to like, they're going to, they're going to claw and scream and screech um, as like they're, they become irrelevant, like irrelevant. Teachers unions are still doing Teachers that. unions. They're going to, they're going to do whatever they can to like continue to be in, you know, like the spotlight. Yeah. But I think their time is done where we moved on to World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we got something else to worry about. That's like the thing that blows my mind. It's just like. So holy something in the last three years. It's like you rolled right out of COVID, right out of vaccine madness, right into World War Three. And then they're posturing for climate change. It's, yeah, they always have something in the wings. I mean, I get to relax. Maybe I'm just a coddle nineties baby. I think that's the, the conclusion <laughs> of this. Well, this no, rep. I mean, I, I think that um, you know, like the time to strike for them is like right now. I feel like they're losing. I feel like they're losing control and they have a certain window of time to get all the stuff that they want to get in, like in right now, especially with, you know, like uh, with Bitcoin and stuff existing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, like the window is closing for them. They need to get their, C, you know, CBDC um, out and they need excuses to do that. And they're just like throwing shit at the wall. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're trying too much too fast, which actually it does work in our benefit. Oh, yeah. We get to look, look how incompetent these people are. Yeah. You should buy Bitcoin. You should buy Bitcoin. I mean, they're actually, this, I mean, the sanctions, obviously, war is terrible. But like the sanctions and the shit you that. Just said vaccines instead of sanctions. <laughs> the vaccines. Um, the sanctions, like pushing Russia and China away from SWIFT. Not that China has been directly pushed away, but they're probably gonna, they're definitely connected at the hip with Russia at this point in many regards. And then Powell coming out yesterday and like saying what he said, people are like replied to my DM, my tweet where I said, "Holy shit!" You should, like he's this is that was like one of the most it's going to be a historic moment in monetary policy history in U.S. His, in U.S. history. It's like Jerome Powell spoke what's supposed to be unspeakable. He said Voldemort which is like yeah. the U.S. dollar could lose its status as reserve currency. Uh, well, did he say that or did he say there could be, there's room for another? He said there's room for another, but that's before it's like, no, the U.S. dollar is reserve currency. Right. It is because of this, that, and the other. And that's like the first concession. Uh, it's like, oh, there could be another that competes with it. And goes side by side. But like people were replying to my tweet where I was like, holy shit. Um, can't believe he said this. He was like, no, it was in reference to a CBDC. And I went back and I watched a clip and no, it was, it was not specific to a CBDC. I think it was actually referencing um, China. And, what was the question? Um, I, forget, like, I think it was in reaction to the sanctions, like what happens to the dollar's reserve status if China and Russia go do their own thing. I was like, well, there could be more than one. Floodgates are open. They're open. Bitcoin's held up pretty well. That's another thing. I mean, I wouldn't say it's wholly decoupled from the markets, but it, it held up surprisingly well over the last week. You know, I if it, it was, was just if it stayed flat and not dumped, it would have been a win. 
and yeah. said it pumped. Yeah, it pumped like 10, 10 grand, right? Yeah. It pumped like 30%, which is pretty crazy. The coin is up. We, we must remind the freaks who are watching uh, the video. Matt's block clock is not plugged in. And it won't be. I'm plugged. not plugging it in until we pass it again. <laughs> What's that? 54,892? Yeah. It was when I moved. <laughs> right. When, we're I, when I moved, I unplugged and I was like, well, not going to plug it back in. We have to get the 55. I've gotten okay. a couple of people on like video calls. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious when they notice it. <laughs> you see them like freak out and not say anything, like go to check their phone to see if it's the same on their side. Here's a, we got Moscow time on, on the uh, Bitcoin Commons block clock right now. I'm pulling the table over. All right. Are we done? What should we talk about? Your I mean, hat's we've been going for what, two hours? I think your hat's like a good look. Yeah, I like that. I like that hat. Odell's Gringo Odell. Yeah. Gringo you Odell. should. That's, Gring, that's definitely a Miami hat. Gringo Odell. Gringo Odell. Yeah, you got to rock that. Uh, I'm definitely going with this look in Miami. That's nice. for sure. Very good. Panama mat. I like that one. Hmm. This was a great rip. Um, I'm jealous you get to chill with Ty now. Um, one month. And I'll see you, I'll see you boys soon in person. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to be here. We'll be recording in this office. Hopefully we'll have the studio set by like freaks if you're watching the video. It's just like, I look like I'm in a, in a, an interrogation room. In two weeks, Marty's going to have the studio set up. Mass mandates are going to be lifted. Vaccine mandates are going to be lifted. Brains is going to be out on what's minor. What else, what else is, is going to happen in two weeks? We're going to hit 200K. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going to happen? Hmm. Big Vern's going to launch his exchange. It's, uh, it's Big all Vern, kind of- he did launch it, didn't it? It was Cripsy, and then he rug pulled everybody. Yeah. But I thought he was like going to make another Bitcoin.org or BitcoinTalk.org is going to have its redesign rolled out in two weeks. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. How many <laughs> Bitcoin donations do they raise for oh, that? God. They raised like hundreds of Bitcoin for that. I don't think it even has a mobile view yet. No. So dumb. They must. Ty, you know what I was thinking of the other day? Do you remember that like guy who like all of our slash Bitcoin loved donating to that was like the, the homeless shelter and Florida. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his face? Um, not Scott. Um, yeah, I know. I know exactly. Whatever what happened to him? He, uh, I think he became a either B casher or like some kind of shit coiner. But he ran that into some like legal issues with like the city because um, yeah, they banned homeless people, right? Yeah, but he had like, <laughs> well, they expanded from like a, a like a kitchen to like some kind of like uh, I don't know, just like property. They. What property? Yeah, they like they they were housing them, right? Right. Yeah, can't be housing the homeless. Right. Can't. Yeah, because then they're no longer homeless. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's actually an interesting. <laughs> like, how can you come at somebody for housing I the homeless his when name, they're technically not? But I was homeless. thinking of him the other day. Yeah. What was uh? What was the name of man? That's he raised a shit nuts. ton of Bitcoin. Oh yeah. Everyone was just throwing Bitcoin at him. I did. Yeah. Remember when, yeah, when remember when Andreas when Rogan Satoshi the first Forest. Time? Satoshi was the, Forest was I think the uh the name of the um like the encampment. How many how many Bitcoins did Rogan get when Andreas first went on? I think he got like at least ten. Yeah, I think so. It was a it's a good amount. Cause that was like what, twenty fourteen or so? Yeah. Yeah. Those are some big episodes back in the day. Remember David Seaman was like the, the Bitcoin <laughs> oh, guy for Rogan no. for a while? Ah uh, yeah. 
Dancing, and then he went shitcoin too, right? He went, went crazy. crazy. He went like insane. Yeah. yeah, he was pushing. Remember hyper? He was pushing the hyper coin or whatever. Like that. Um, and we don't have to do that. Big PizzaGate guy. But PizzaGate might be real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, why don't we wrap <laughs> this baby up? We'll end it there. <laughs> we'll end it there. Uh, Let's give Ty final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, chin up, things are uh, things are good. When Marty starts acting sad, make sure to you know tell him some good news from time to time. Thank you, thank you. I'm actually just I'm not sad. I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. It's been a long week, a lot of travel this week. Freaks, sweet. Thank you for joining. Uh, I don't know if you can subscribe subscribe via YouTube right now. Uh, follow us. TFTC. Oh no, uh, Twitch.tv slash Rabbit Hole Recap. Subscribe to that shit. Yeah, and uh, we're on Rumble, Mom, <laughs> Mother. I'm I'm live right now. Hey, Ma. Oh, I didn't think they were live. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We started two hours ago. We're still going. I love you. Bye. <laughs> she was trying to watch. She's a, my mom was not watching. Obviously. Wonderful. I love you, Marty. I love you, Ty. Thank you for joining too, us, buddy. Ty. Love you, Car. Love you, Freak. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love. Okay.